In the White House, President Eisenhower signs the proclamation that makes Alaska's entry into the Union official, nearly 92 years after Lincoln's Secretary of State bought the territory from the Russian Tsar for $7 million. The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. Arbor Digital, the forefront of digital assets, cryptocurrencies, and wealth management, providing a low-cost, research-based investment strategy for Alaskans looking to invest their hard-earned money. Visit acminc.com today to put your money to work. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. TheTreehouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. The Connoisseur Lounge, Alaska's premier locally owned and operated cannabis retailer. Located in the heart of Palmer, Alaska, their cultivated products include Snowcap Romance, Aurora Haze, Superglue, and much more. Find them at theconnoisseurlounge.net. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation, with exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full-spectrum diamond sauce cards, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. Marijuana has intoxicating effects that may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children, and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They're the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Anchortown Dogs, located on 4th Avenue across from the old 4th Avenue Theater. Look for the blue and gold umbrella. From reindeer dogs to bomb euros, they've got you covered. Anchortown Dogs, your local gourmet hot dog and sausage cart. Crude Magazine, Alaska-based media outlet using the last frontier as a springboard to discover larger truths about the cultures of our great state. Read more at crudemag.com. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include snow and ice management, weekly lawn care, and more. Get your free estimate today at lawnproak.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off of Arctic and 58th, handcrafted Alaskan-made colonial ciders. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. 
Stop by today and taste an award-winning cider. Lady with a Plan, your own Alaska event planner. From scouting the perfect location to planning the tiniest details. Specializing in event management and production for intimate social gatherings. Find Lady with a Plan on Instagram. Go ahead with what you're saying little, there, Jack. Little, little yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just remember who you're sending a text to. I think one you time. Look I, at ahead of time. I think one time I did that, I was like hold on. texting. Hold on, hold on. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. So I almost forgot. Damn it. I think this is the first one I missed ever. Well, so you guys gotta get this little like insulator. Oh, I got one at go. work. I got one at the house. So uh, what I'm gonna do now is I put this one in there cold, insulated, cracked. Set to the side. Oh. Now I have my other cider to drink. See, double oh. fisted. There you go. There you just use an carbonation. Huh? Just there for the sound bite. Oh, it it's not going to take long. Okay? Oh, okay, this thing will go down quick. So it's it's round one. What is that? Uh, this one here. Or this Ooh. one here. This Ooh. one here. What do we got? We got lavender. The grapefruit lavender. I, you know, I bring the the insulator thing to the baseball games. Oh yeah, nice. So that no, I mean, I don't really care. Yeah, but I think Alexia might care. <clears throat> Oh, so, oh, so I just because so I always drink the cider, mm. you know, okay. and it's just there. Yeah, yeah, and it's not quite like exposed. Yeah, it what could you're be drinking yeah. just it could be a could Alaska. be like a, a monster energy drink. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> drinking that at seven thirty oh, at night. Yeah, <laughs> Ooh, let's just go. has some antlers hanging out there. <laughs> <laughs> now it's good. Did you guys just can this recently? Yeah, yeah, we just canned uh, grapefruit lavender um, two weeks ago. So oh. this is a fan favorite. Um, <clears throat> definitely has a a following and uh we usually try to release it like on the first hot day of the year is it another summer release too yeah yeah mm-hmm. like early like late spring early summer first hot day okay first hot how do you judge that, that what's you that you just guess okay. like, oh, <laughs> this year it's gonna be may 16th okay the day it comes yeah. out that's yeah. the first hot yeah day. you just look around town for sundresses and you're like oh okay. can any grapefruit lavender today hot 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 it's not it's um i think it's more perfected in the first couple few batches, remember the first one was very lavendery. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that like soapy instant. You know, hit to hit your tongue, but uh, yeah, no, we definitely have um, rounded it out a little bit. It's balanced. Yeah, it's super balanced. Yeah, because I was making that comment. I was like, I thought there was a more lavender, like an all lavender one. You're like, no, this is the one. And I'm like, oh, okay. So it's I'm I'm not tasting the the bite on the back of my tongue that that soapy bite you, t- mm. you always say you take the uh, grape I, which i'm good with the grapefruit comes through more yeah. Yeah. yeah it's got a more citrus um twang to it yeah so yeah. the citric and malic acid um, are balancing it for yeah. sure and so we were able to do that with just like really fresh grapefruit instead of like more grapefruit mm-hmm. yeah i like it man it's really really good yeah thanks tristan yeah. what do you think man i love it you like it i do yeah i'm a, I'm a cider guy Beer always kind of messes with my stomach. Okay. Like, I'm good for one or two, mm. but cider is definitely the way the way to go. Yeah, maybe maybe yeah. beer hops m- might get you a little bit. It maybe? is. I do not like hoppy stuff. Okay, mm. so IPAs at are all. like big time. No, no, big time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You don't do it. Not at all. Cool. Well, you and came it, to the right place, man. <laughs> I love we got, hoppy. Yeah. We have two refrigerators full of cider. Not two. one, but two <laughs> refrigerators. <laughs> you have a backup refrigerator as well? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, oh, we're out, of, we're out of beer. Oh, no, we're not. <laughs> so what do we have today? We have lavender and what else is in there? Oh, there's there's a whole so array. There's The other one that farmhouse? I was showing you was the farmhouse hopped. So that 
that is a way to make an IPA with a cider. It's really hard. You got to figure out a way to balance the the bitterness units, and we we nailed it. It took us a while and some uh, nerdy chemistry stuff, but uh, so that one turned out really good. And then uh, the other fridge has a bunch of stuff like cider mosa. Cider mosa, what's that? Oh man, that's my my next one I got here. This, yeah. Oh yeah, look at this cam. Galen did a good job with this. I opened it. I'd pass it to you. Yeah. Um, so double everyone's too? double fisting to me. What's going yeah, on? I'm not, yeah, I'm not, yeah. Yeah. Well, not yet. I got a thing going uh, on. Cider mosa is like a mimosa, but with cider. But with cider. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. That's so my wife's favorite. It's super high. That sounds octane. refreshing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 8% all. I'm definitely more into the refreshing type of drinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. The, um, I brought a, a, um, a nice smorgasbord of, of ciders out on our, our hunt this oh, weekend. Oh, nice. And I had Cherry Lau, um, Farmhouse Hopped, and uh, what was the other one I had? Oh, man, I went down. Crimson Mint. Crimson Mint. Yeah. Yep. You'd yep. love that one for refreshing. Damn, I felt bad. I was like, I was all just like nesting them over here. Yeah. I got to the last one. and Chad, you, you want to try one of these? Oh, yeah, I didn't see those. Videos. I was like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I, sorry, I've been drinking them. Yeah. <laughs> Gave them the last one. That's my favorite. That one's rhubarb mint. Yeah. And that one's like a major party in your mouth. Yeah. Like it's like <laughs> an explosion of pleasure uh, in your mouth. Yes, explosion. Yeah, it's super good. Where was your hunt? Uh, on the Kenai Peninsula. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, Unit 15. And uh, yeah, we just did a quick weekend thing. And um, you guys want to jump right into that? Yeah, I want to hear some stories. Cool. So it was an eventful uh, trip. Uh, second trip with Chad Arntz, Mountain Division. Um, First, just want to say, um, I got a straight bro crush on Chad, man. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, man. That dude, like, I, I, I told him this, and I, and I don't mind saying it on the on the on the show, um, and you know, letting the world know, um, the dude just has a a presence about him, and um, I, I I feel this way about him in like life in the world, but like when you're out in the woods with him. So last year, I was lucky enough to go do a sheep hunt with him, last minute. Both of our sheep hunts fell apart. Daniel hooked us up. It was like 24 hours, and we were we were hooked up going into the uh, Talkeetnas and, and went and got a ram, and it was an amazing experience. Spent the first, like, 24 hours of our trip in the tent, in the weather. So it was like... Get to know each other real know quick. each other stuff. Yep, exactly. And uh, so we've kept in touch, you know, through the winter. And then uh, we went to the sheep show together and had an amazing time with our, our group of friends. We saw you that night, I think, at F Street, yep. right? Briefly. I know you said that. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> fuzzy there at the end. Well, Chad's bringing Jägermeister back. And so he was kind of. He uh, is, uh, man. Oh, He's he like proud that of that, kit. too. Yep. Yeah. He mentioned that. He's like, I just bust that out. And everybody's like, what the hell? That's fucking nasty. Okay, I'll take a shot. <laughs> 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 so um, kind of squirreling off a little bit. But my point on chad was that uh i don't know there's just something about being out there with him that um the way he carries himself with his confidence and and just his presence it's uh it's like being on a team and playing with a a a teammate that's like really influential both culture and skill and talent so it helps you elevate your game yep Mm. so so when i'm with him in the woods there's just this elevated focus and this mindset being positive and and just like i feel like i gotta like rise to the occasion and so um even though this was hunt was a very like casual and relaxed hunt not like high pressure or like really hard um it was still 
um, you know, it was, we were bear hunting and he was, he had a bow and, and we knew if we were going to get on a bear, it was going to be close. And so, um, you know, we talked a lot about the preparation and, and everything we were going to do. So, um, you know, going into the hunt, we had an awesome, beautiful drive down, got to camp. Um, you know, we, we, we conversated about the lay of the land and the different areas we could hunt. So we came up with a plan, woke up the next morning and the wind was just blowing like hell. So we couldn't get out in the water. And so we decided that we were just going to go ahead and, and go find some game trails and go hike around. So we went back in to this valley that I'd been in, but never really like pursued or hunted hard, just kind of glassed and messed around. And we ended up spotting a nice black bear back in the back of the valley. So we're sitting there for a bit and the wind's still howling. And it's like, well, shit, we don't have anything else better to do today. Let's go back there and see if we can't get close. So we hiked for about an hour or so, kind of picked our way through some game trails, got back in there and, uh, got a little closer, got up on a, on a, on a rise to get a better view of this bear on the, on the hill. It was pretty high up, like pretty much like no play on this bear, but just nice to know it was up there. We spot another black bear and it's lower and we're like, Oh cool. All right. Well, this bear is actually like in a spot where we might be able to make a play on him. So we go ahead and, uh, jump back down into the, the, the bottom of the valley, traverse our way, maybe another 800 yards or so. Now we get a little bit closer to the slope where we saw the bear hop up on another high point and start glassing. So we're like, all right, man, the bear's in a really good spot. Well, the bear's really finicky. He's like pacing and he's walking back and forth and he's up and down and over and over, standing up, sniffing the air, kind of squirreling around like something was like startling him. And, you know, and we're like, man, this bear's acting goofy, you know? So we're just going to sit there and patter him for a bit. And uh, we're not going to make a play because, like, the bear won't sit still. So we're, we're thinking, you know, we don't want to get down and start making a stock, and then he blows out of there. We can't find him. So we'll just wait. It's like, I don't know, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. We had plenty of time. Beautiful day, lots of daylight. So I'm, he kind of dips behind a little bushel, and I decide I'm going to jump off this rock and kind of relocate to a spot just next to where we were at to get a, n- another angle, see if I can find the relocate the bear. And Chad's like, hey, get back up here. Get back up here. And uh, I'm like, what, 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 what? He's like, dude, there's a big-ass brown bear right there. And we're like, oh, shit. And it's like six, 700 yards down right below us in some, like, uh, deadfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and I never actually seen – I've seen brown bears on the Russian. Um, I've seen some grizzlies up north, like, moose hunting, but, like, way, way off in the distance. But I've never seen one – just in the, I guess when you see them at the Russian, they're, they're number one, they're like adolescent, smaller bears. I've never seen like a really big one. I've seen a big sow and cubs once, but they were just on fish, eating fish, and there was no threat. All the other adolescent young bears, and I'm sure all of you guys have been to the Russian and ran into bears, right? A yeah, lot oh of times. Yeah, and had some close encounters, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But um, it just feels a little different because they're, they're down there for kind of a reason, even though there's just as much danger and risk going down there, you know, being close to bears as you would be, you know, out hunting them. Anyway, so this bear's down there, and he's just this huge ball of brown. Like, he looks pretty sizable. So we're like, oh, shit, man, that's it looks like what could be a pretty nice bear. So he's kind of pacing back and forth. He finally turns around and sits down. And if you've ever seen a bear sit, 
it's like Winnie the Pooh, you know, yeah. like a honey bear. They just kind of like sit there, kind of like, yeah. kind of goofy, you know, their legs are out and their arms are down, you know, oh. and he's just sitting there kind of just like looking back and forth and he's just got a five gallon gas can on his head. He's just massive head, no neck, snout looks like a coffee can, you know, his ears are like on the side of his head. It's like, oh shit, man, that looks like a really nice bear. Yeah, mature bear. Mature bear. Yep. Um, I've had the um, chance to, you know, hunt bears pretty frequently the last five years and I've always seen bears. And um, as anybody that's hunted bears knows, bears are really hard to judge, especially black bears because they're all black. And so, you know, you're looking at the ears and leg length and head size and um, belly distance to the ground and, and you, you're trying to do all this judgment. Brown bear it's like either kind of big or tall and spindly and or it's like this just tank and this bear was a tank it didn't have any legs it didn't have any neck and it was like clearly a nice big mature bear super excited so we're watching him for a few minutes and he's pacing behind this deadfall kind of clump of old you know trees and brush and he's not moving as if he's like passing through He's like pacing and he's going back and forth and he's, he kind of like, he's, he's rooting around, digging around. And then he like goes back over and sits down again, like the, like kind of that funny looking honey bear thing. And then finally he, he lays down and we're like, oh, okay. Looks like he's going to sit still for a little bit. And we're watching him a little bit more, maybe 10 or 15 minutes goes by his head's popping up. He's looking around, you know, and his head's popping up. He's looking around. Finally, he lays that head down. But you're, are you stalking him at this no, point? No, no, no. We're just watching him from the high point. We're still just kind of like, you know, pattern him, watch him. I mean, we felt like we had all day, and, and he wasn't going anywhere. So um, we're, we're like, well, I mean, if we're, like, going to go for this bear with a bow, I feel like this is a really great opportunity because he's sitting still. We have cover. We have wind. The wind's howling from right to left, and we're going to go straight at him. I mean, we've got the wind perfect and it's good it's blowing about 15 knots i mean it's just constantly like so we're like man this is a pretty good layout for a stock and uh i've never stocked a bear with a bow i've always stocked with a rifle and got to like 100 yards and like made a shot you know you never but with a bow we know we got to get what 30 40 yards to make a good shot on a bear at least where chad was comfortable Mm -hmm. so we decide we're gonna go ahead and make the stock we go ahead and we we kind of pick our way down this this old, you know, this big rock, and then we get down into the deadfall, and we're, we're crawling over stuff, and it's louder than shit. I mean, it's snap, crackle, pop, snap, snap, this, and it's like, shit, man, we get, like, close. He's definitely going to hear us. So we take our sweet time and just crawl across this flat, close the gap, close the gap, close the gap. And then we get to about maybe, like, 50, 60 yards, and we know, like, he's, like, right. We had this, like, tree that was like skidded up like the skin mm-hmm. was off of it so we had this like l- landmark landmark, yeah. landmark like he's right behind that yeah and so we kind of went to the left of it and we you know we keep advancing 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 and then we get to like the edge of that deadfall pile of stuff where we kind of know where he's at and uh do you hear him or see him at all no at not at this point yeah. nope nope so but it, we felt like if he went, if he pushed back up on the hill, we could have, we would have seen him. If he went to the left, we would have seen him. If we would have pushed to the right, we might see him. 
but he'd have to go pretty far before we saw him. But we felt confident that he was still there. Now, all this, meanwhile, we still have the one black bear at the top, the other black bear that we, the one we were going to make a stock on, is the one that was being finicky yep. walking back and forth. He's right there. He's like 150 yards away, still at the bottom of the hill, doing what he was doing before. So there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. And then Chad's like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, that wasn't there before. I look up, another brown bear standing there looking down the hill. It's it's probably four or 500 yards up, but it just pops up out of the brush. And I'm like, <laughs> God damn. <there's- laughs> and you guys don't think it's the same brown bear? Oh, it's not. No, it's it's blonde. It's really, really blonde, smaller head, big bear, nice bear. Thought maybe it was a sow, uh, and it was blonde. It was, like, very bright, like, blonde, blonde. Looked like it was rubbed. Like, it was, like, really rubbed, whereas the bear we were looking at was, like, still very um, thick hide. Uh, you know, yep. you could see the fur really good. Um, so, uh we and and you know going back like Chad was gonna try and use a spotting scope, but the heat waves the um what do you call that like um heat waves? He, heat waves yeah. distort it's called like uh like, like I think the technical thermal. term thermal pollution or something it's like yeah. a it pollutes your view in the yeah, glass the and it just like waves. it almost makes you like nauseous when you look through and it's like yeah <sighs> so we we ended up just bagging the whole spotting scope thing way back you know and. Uh, so we advance, get to that 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 um, deadfall edge, and uh, now we're like there's logs crossing each other, and we have to start crawling over those. So now we like start crawling up on those, and they're like the equivalent of like maybe get like jumping in the back of a truck and like being able to kind of look up. Mm-hmm. So you got maybe five or six foot elevation kind of mm-hmm. looking, and there he is. You can see his back. Mm-hmm. And he's pacing, kind of the same general vicinity that he was before. And you just, but you don't see his head. You just see his like hump and his, mm-hmm. his ass and his back. And he's just cruising. And it was like, oh, how man. far away is that? Uh, we're probably 50 yards at this mm-hmm. point. So we're getting like really to the strike zone. And thank you for asking. I meant to say that to give the listeners and you guys some perspective. So we decide, okay, now to advance, we have to like crawl over logs. It's all logs now. There's no like clear. It's all just like, you know, set your rifle down or your bow and like crawl over and and crack, snap, pop, you know, and you're just like, fuck, dude. We're just like making so much noise. Hope he doesn't charge at that point, right? Yeah, yeah or just anything. Really, I was just like this. We're going to spook him. Like we're just going to like, you know, if you've ever, you know, made a stock on a bear that doesn't know your existence, you know, most of the time, they if they wind you they're out yeah they see you they'll check you out and they're out like bears don't want to be around humans let's get it straight yep like i don't know what the percentage is but more times than not bears run away escape and flee before they'll ever actually like charge they fight or flight out so now we close the gap to about 30 yards and we cannot advance further uh we know where the bear's at chad stands up on a log now he's going to go ahead and get hit. He, he knocks a bow and he's, or knocks an arrow and he's ready to go. I go ahead and go to his left about 20 feet and I stand up on another log. So now the bear, if um, we're looking forward, we have this old like spruce tree that had fallen over and the root ball and everything had just like ripped out. So it was this like wall of, you know, shit with mm. like other, you know, brush and trees kind of mixed in. So it was this like 20 foot long by like, 10 foot high pile of stuff and the bear had paced paced chad got up 
had a lane, the bear paced in behind that clump. So now Chad had a lane directly in front of him. Mm-hmm. So if like, I'm looking at you, Jack, the lane between you and Tristan, and then there's a lane to your left. So I'm a little bit to his left. He's got his lane right in front of him and his lane to his left. So he's got two lanes. All he needs is the bear to pop out on either side. And how far away is the bear? Th- this is 30 yards. 30 yards. Yeah, 35 yards, somewhere in that range. Yeah. And so t- totally bow close. And, and the we're, bear hadn't heard you or anything? Um, well, we I assume he did because we were all that noise we were making uh-huh. at that point. Wind or not, I'm pretty sure he heard, like, the snapping and cracking. I mean, they, they – Rely on their nose, but I mean, at some point they can, they can, you're in sensory range. So he's a wild animal. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking he, he caught onto us. Um, so Chad gets set up. I get up on the other log and I see him dip like, behind that clump to, to Chad's left in my direct. And I'm like, Chad, he's right there. He's right there. He's like, all right, if he comes out right here, I'm going to stick him. If he comes out around the other side, the left gonna, side of the, the clump? left side of the clump. I'm going to stick them. I'm like, perfect. I got one in the chamber, safety off. I've been practicing while we were kind of walking up. I've mm-hmm. been practicing pulling my rifle up to my eye just to kind of get an idea of the distance. Yeah. Um, I had a three three to nine mm-hmm. scope, and I like messed around. When we were walking up, I kind of messed around and powered it in and out real quick, and I was like, ooh, keep it at three, man, yeah, as close as sure. possible. Yeah, it, just to get a gauge, you know. Never shot anything that close. It's always been like – pretty yeah, you know 100 plus yards three like that yeah oh totally what's the rifle uh it was a 375 ruger um it was the is the rifle i wanted the sheep oh last year banquet last year and oh, i nice. just went the sunday before and and got it zeroed at the range at 100 250 grain hornady outfitters good ammo you know felt good about it and uh so went out in the field with it like ready to rock yeah. you know i felt really good about shooting that rifle so back to the the stock so but I was when I was pulling my gun up, I had my pack on, which in hindsight I kind of feel like I almost should have just taken off and dropped, maybe like back a little bit. Mm. But you know, like that rule, like you just yeah. never drop your pack. Yeah. You know, it's like I just kept it on. It was light. We were just day, you know, day packing, so there wasn't anything in there. But the but the the um the um strap. Yeah, like it's uh that that uh the vinyl or whatever on your on your pack um pad is is slippery. Mm-hmm. So the butt of your gun's kind of like you know, slipping. So I kind of like practiced oh, a couple. Cordura. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of like got it towards like, okay, cool. I can kind of like mitigate it and, you know, keep it good and still feel like I can make a good shot. And so I do a little practicing. Chad's ready. Bear's doing his thing. He, he goes behind that clump. So Chad's ready. He's not drawn, but he's he's got his arrow in and he's just waiting for an opportunity and then he's going to draw. So. I look down on the log. I'm, I'm standing on a log about half the size of the, uh, this table. So it's a big, big tree. And kind of reset my foot. So I'm like... Like that. On the log? On the log with my head down. And I look up. And that motherfucker's full charge now. So I missed I missed him coming out oh, of the, behind the clump. The bu- okay. I missed that like second by having my head down. Just, I mean, just for a second. That's I just, all it took. I just look down to reset my foot, and I look up, and I turn, and that thing's full eye contact, full charge. How far away now? Uh, about 40 yards, 35, 40 yards. I think, I think it was closer, 30, because it all ended at 15, so it was pretty close. So what Chad saw was that the bear turned the corner, turned, saw me, and instantly came. No, like, stop, look, sniff. 
you know, run, stand up, or any kind of like alert bear type behavior. Mm-hmm. It was turn, go. And I look up and I'm like, holy shit, like I've never ever been charged. And it was like, bam, time just, everything kind of, yep. like time stood still, everything stopped. And it was like full focus. This thing's just barreling. So the sun is like shining on this bear. So his, it's on your eyes, back. his eyes are, yeah. So his eyes are like glassy, but mm. he's making eye contact and his fur is like shiny. And you can just see the ripples in his shoulders and his ass just like, whoo. you see his claws just like digging in. And it was like the most, I'll never forget it. It's seared in my mind. The most surreal, that bear is just like, coming and i'm like oh shit like this is going down so i instantly pull my rifle now he covers about 10 yards in like maybe 15 yards in like three yes he's about 40 yards out he does like three hard goes now he has to mogul over some like crisscross logs Mm -hmm. thank goodness because it slowed him down a little bit so he wasn't like on a flat right he had to like kind of mogul some logs never left eye contact until he looked at chad so he had like Looked like, at oh. Chad, looked at me, moguled those logs, and we thought, okay, I thought in the like half a second of thinking about this, he was going to stop and bluff, like, yeah. you know, kind of do one of those, mm-hmm. which was perfect because then that would give Chad an opportunity mm-hmm. to, to take a shot on him. Got it. So once he moguled those logs, full dig in again, like he's coming. I was, to, that was it. To you, I contact at, with you. Straight at me. I caught still eye contact with me. Looked at Chad turns, looked at me again. And you're seeing this in the scope. This is like in the scope. Yeah, like I yeah. pull, I pull up, I'm looking in the scope. I can, he's, it's crazy at that distance. He filled the scope almost the radius of him in the yeah. scope was perfect. Yeah. I still had a clear view. Yeah. It wasn't too close. It wasn't like yeah. blurred. It was like perfect. And I, I just basically at that point, it was like about 20 yards and I wasn't going to wait any longer. So I stuck him. Where? Right, I'll I'll never forget this. I hit the crosshairs, so his mouth was open. Uh-huh. So when he was charging, his mouth was like his jaw was down, and my crosshairs I remember touched his bottom of his mouth, and then I just like dropped it down like right below that. Bam! Pulled the trigger right on the first below shot. The head. Right below the head. Yeah. And so I I think I just center mass punched him in his like neck, well chest uh-huh. or something. Never really actually figured that this out, but. Punched him and he ate that first bullet. He just, he kind of like, boom. He kind of, sho- shoulder. Oh yeah, yeah. It slowed him down. Like it, it, it like, it hit him. Like he, like he hit. Like you know, it hit him. Yeah. And then he like, head came back up and he lunged forward, but he like, lost the steam of his charge. Uh-huh. So then he like, he lunged forward, got his feet and then turned sideways like this. And then he turned around and looked at me with his mouth open, but broadside now. Uh-huh. So I in that in that like second, I racked another one real quick. Bam! Back in the glass. The whole time I kept him like back up. Never yeah. took my eye off of him. Like a gunslinger. Well, just <laughs> honestly, this is all. That's what I do. I've seen him do it. Like that's exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just. Movies. It's like <laughs> Doc Holliday, and again, dude. like let me be clear. This is all like time stood still. It was like yeah. it almost yeah. felt fake. Yeah. It was like. It was all reaction. This yeah. was no like, it yeah. was just like, boom, boom, boom. So second one goes in behind the left shoulder. Okay. Like, I know I hit the crosshairs right behind his left shoulder. Wham. 
he spins around and he's pissed now. He's, you know, making a bunch of noise. Spin- Is he coming cl- close? N- nope, here? nope, no. He's he's like in position. Yeah. And he spins around because like a hard 360 and then stands up. And he's like got his paws up like this. And now he's got like blood like kind of coming yeah. out of his mouth. And then he like, you could kind of tell he was going to try to like lunge again, but he's hurt. Yeah. Like he just kind of like got up like he was going to come and he was just like, guy got nothing. And then I, no chances. I racked another one and I put it right in his chest, mm-hmm. right dead center, right you, in his as chest. As you were standing up? As you were standing up. Yep. So third one, Jeez. pop, 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 boom, smacked him in his chest. And it was weird because he like, he dropped his paw like right at the moment I pulled the trigger and I boom and I hit him and he went like this, oh, like this. He like looked at his paw oh. like, like this. So I thought maybe I nicked his. Mm, paw when yeah. he when he hit yeah but no damage on that paw oh weird. so i think maybe that was like the nerves, ma- nerves or just something from the other gunshot wounds mm. or, or from the shot i'm not sure so now he stumbles back he's on his back legs he stumbles back and he kind of like trips on a stump and then he like piles up and now he's like stuck on the stump and it takes him about 30 45 seconds to like fully Stop like did he do the bear wine? Um, no, not like a wine, but he was pissed. Okay. Not crying, not whining, not like that kind of sad yeah, kind like of thing the you last hear him. Breath of the bear, no, right he was angry. He was More like, to stub your toe. Yeah, he was just like <laughs> you know, yeah. just constantly like like growling. Uh-huh. And then uh I said, Chad, I'm out. And so this is where I made my mistake. My rifle's a, a three and one, so I had extra rounds in my pocket. Oh. I should have threw one in the chamber. Yeah. Then had the three in the clip, which I always do on yeah. every other situation. Mm. But as we approached the bear, I went ahead and racked one because oh. we were getting so close. Gotcha. And then I just had the three. Yeah. So I was like, oh, kind of fucked oh, up yeah. there, you know. And you didn't have another one to put in? Oh, I had them in my pocket. So oh. I had them like quick, you know, quick access. So I said, chat him out, chat him out. Well, in that, but I think by the second shot, Chad had kind of chucked his bow down. And then he was kind of sort of fumbling with getting his 10 millimeter out from behind his bino harness. She had his oh. 10 mil and his bino harness. Yeah. She so had a little bit of a delay yeah. on his end getting that out. And uh, so I, I, I said, I'm out, I'm out. And I jump off the log kind of like to my left and I'm like reaching in and I'm reloading. And now he's kind of like jumped off the log and he's sidestepping over like with the pistol, like drawn on the bear in case it like jumps up. But it, he's done. The bear's done. After the, I'm pretty sure the first shot mm-hmm. would have ended it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's cool <laughs> that it stopped him. Like, you know. Well, and then, like, <clears throat> before I get to that part, so Chad said after the first or second shot, I have to double check with him. So we talked about this at nausea, but I, some of the stuff. He looked, something caught out of the corner of his eye. Three coyotes took off behind him. Oh, wow. So. That's probably why he was pacing back and forth, trying to keep those coyotes at bay. Three, three bears on the hill. Mm-hmm. One way off, but the two close, and then the coyotes. Mm-hmm. And then here comes us, Yeah, you know, Jeez. getting in tight. Mm-hmm. Just predator. So he's just, he's, well, he, I think he's just stressed out, high alert. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had, he had something they wanted. Correct. So first thing I do, I look right at Chad, and I'm like, Chad, I'm so sorry, dude. And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, that wasn't supposed to happen. Like, this was your bear. Like, you were supposed to, like, 
this all went to perfection. Like this stock, this setup, the bear, you know, um, cooperating. Like it all was like mm-hmm. the perfect. I'm sure there's other bow hunters that will listen to this that may have like experienced something like this and go, oh yeah, that's happened to me where I was making the stock and my homie had to shoot the bear because it was going to kill us. Well, that's right. why you come. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I, that's and why I, you bring some. Well, and that was what was cool because we were texting before the trip and he's like, I'm going full bow. And I was like, oh, badass. He's like, I'll back you up with the new 375. He's like, cool. I'm just going to bring my pistol. I'm like, right on. His, you know, his, um, uh, his full commitment to, bow or nothing like mm-hmm. i think a true bow hunter who's going to take game with a bow leaves the gun at home right the gun at home and he's good with either coming home empty-handed or yeah. tagging an animal with that bow i yeah. mean and that's that takes yeah. a lot of um um discipline to like you know because you could just like throw a gun in your pack and have your bow and be like, oh, I can't get him. Well, here's the rifle. Yep. I still want to take my animal. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, so I was just like, we we're full 100% committed to Chad taking the bear. Yeah. So anyway, I, that's why I felt instantly remorseful. Well, I also had a good friend of mine who got charged by a bear last year, moose hunting. And I like thought about him instantly. I was like, oh, fuck. That's what that felt like. Because mm-hmm. he told me his story, you know? Yeah. And uh uh, and so I thought about that and then, uh, he's like, you, you had to do what you had to do. He's like, he's like, dude, I'm impressed that you even like waited that like extra half a second. Cause it looked like he might stop and bluff and then I could get a shot. So I thought that through. Mm-hmm. So in the moment I was still thinking like Chad's bear, like he's going to bluff. I'm going to pull the trigger at the last second. And he's like, man, it's a good thing the first one hit. He's like, I might have had to shoot that bear off you. Yeah. And I'm like, you're right, dude. Because if the first one didn't hit, he was at like 20 yards. Mm-hmm. If the first one didn't hit and I had to rack another one, he would have been like on right on me. So it would have been like a hip shot. Mm-hmm. super. And I had nowhere to go. I couldn't run. I couldn't jump. I couldn't do anything. I, it was like all logs around. So I was mm-hmm. like, I was stuck where I was at. Mm-hmm. So that started running through my head. And then you couldn't use your camo and just sit still. Just like, <laughs> oh, oh, I hope he just didn't see me. No. He was looking in my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. He was looking in my soul, actually. Oh, my God. That's so, so then, scary. Dude, and then, and then this, like, instant adrenaline dump hit me. And I was just, like, started shaking. Mm-hmm. Like, started feeling nauseous. Like, I was going to puke. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, that kind of came and went for about mm-hmm. a minute. And I was like, damn. And, you know, Chad's just calm as shit over there. He's just like, dude, I can't believe what just fucking happened. Yeah. Because his view was, like... He had like the front row view mm-hmm. of the what happened. And versus had a little bit of a profile, right? A different, yeah, a profile like where Daniel's at and I'm at. He saw it mm-hmm. like he had me in his visual and the bear all like in mm-hmm. as it all kind of came into proximity. So in my view it was like through the the scope and and the shooting and the whole like fear for my life kind of mm-hmm. situation. And uh, so he's like totally talking me off the ledge like bro it's all good like you had to do what you had to do this is what happens when you bow hunt like and you get your hunting predators like this is the risk you take and yeah and i'm like man he's like doing everything to make me feel good about Mm -hmm. what just happened and why it had to happen and and he's commending me on my like shooting and he's like dude you were like you were acting like that happened to you before yeah and i was like i know it felt really uh, like the whole stock and everything we were just talking 
We're calm. And in the past, in my like younger days of hunting, admittedly, I get really jacked up. If we're going to go kill a moose or a caribou or something, just the idea of like taking an animal just like gets me so mm. excited and like almost like where my lips quivering, you know, I'm just like, whoa, just get pumped. But this experience was like, act like you've been here before. Yeah. Like calm, stay cool, be ready. You're backing him up. Shit could go down. This is the time to be like ice water in your veins, like yeah, chill. Do you and think then, you had an increased heart rate during that? Or? I don't No, yeah. I didn't. I, I like was keeping it cool. Like uh -huh. I kept, like it got fired up when we left the mountain or left the hill and we were coming down and it was like the anticipation of what mm -hmm. we were going to do. Yeah. But I like was able to kind of bury that mm -hmm. back down once we got about halfway across. Yeah, yeah. And then it what was just you like, do to bury that. I just breathe. I was breathing. Yeah. Breathing, breathing and focused. And then I was like, you know, I was like, checking my rifle and then we got closer and i put one in the chamber had my safety on hey chad my gun's hot one in the chamber safety on i'm behind him mm -hmm. so he knows the I, my gun and mm -hmm. he's good with it he's comfortable he trusts me and uh and that's the other thing cool about chad and i's like newfound like hunting relationship is there's this like instant bond of trust mm. in terms of like which is what you were getting at is saying, you know, what you yeah. committed about Chad. Yeah, and like, that's what he he kind of brought to the table was like, it's just a comfort factor of like trusting who you're with. And it's like, that's exactly what it is. Like, I just feel comfortable. So I feel confident mm -hmm. and I'm just calm. I'm good. Yep. Yeah. Like he took me on some wicked knife lines at 7,000 feet last year on that sheep that I would never, ever do. But he was like, it's all good. We're going to approach it and then we're going to look at it. And he's like, I'll go first test it you know and we did it and it was like you made me feel comfortable well, you know that's, and the, that's then, the synergy of having a good partner yes mm -hmm. yes you know, and, and it's you and both it, you both elevate each other yes yeah. exactly and he said the same exact thing and i'm like man i've never like hunted with somebody else that like said i made them a better hunter that it at least admitted it it made me feel so good i'm like because i'm kind of waver in my confidence level as a hunter i just always feel like i'm, I'm just I'm, and hunters are always learning but i feel like I still, I still feel like a rookie, mm -hmm. even though I've been doing it really, really hard for the last like decade, but I just still feel like that's good. My approach is like, I still am like soaking up every minute of every opportunity and every scenario and like absorbing it and never taking it for granted. You know what I mean? Yep. And so bear goes down and, uh, I'm like, I don't even want to go near that fucking thing. Like I just like let him hang out. I was like, let's go investigate what's going on where he was at. Where he was pacing. Yeah. So we, we, we walk around him, you know, I'm looking at him and it's like, man, that was fucking crazy. Go around that stump or that, that clump. And he's just got this like matted down area where he's just been smashed. I mean, it's mud smashed down. What do we find? <laughs> A full thousand pound cow mm. fully buried. Oh, wow. With, like, the ear, it was laying on its right side. So if you're looking at it, it would be the head to your left, ass to your right, legs sticking out of the dirt. <laughs> mm -hmm. Excavated, like, a backhoe, yeah. like, picked up dirt and, like, yeah. plopped it on this thing. He just ripped the earth up around mm -hmm. and just had that cow completely buried minus her ear and legs sticking out. That's what he'd been doing the, the mm -hmm. full. Yep. So how long from start to finish was, this, was the uh, spot? So you actually came up on him? Yeah, great question. Um, I would say that the whole scenario was probably 45 minutes mm. oh, to wow. an hour maybe 
uh, in time. I think it was like 145 or so. I looked at my watch. It was like 144 when we left. It was like 233 or something. I looked at my watch and I was looking at the dead bear. Looking back on it, do you think he was burying it the whole time? Or do you think he I, was just protecting? Yeah, protecting? I think he had it buried the whole time. Okay. And then he was just, you know, he was just, I think the coyotes were the main reason that he was messing around. Because I think those coyotes were probably like. The immediate threat. Yeah. And I'm mm. sure he's not really threatened by them in terms of like his physical yeah. danger. And not to mention like a coyote can get in there and nip at that moose or whatever. But anything getting into that moose, it'd have to be a bear to get it out. Mm-hmm. There, there ain't no, like, coyote or fox or... I mean, we even the next day were watching the eagles sitting on that thing trying to get into it, and there's mm-hmm. just so much dirt on it. Yeah, They were probably struggling. So we, we go over there and see that, and we see a, a, a bunch of droppings, and you could see some little calf droppings. Mm. So it looked like maybe he probably smoked a calf or two first. Mm-hmm. Most likely had those things fully consumed. And then buried the the, the, the cow. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, so we kind of like checked that out. And then we decided to kind of reenact the whole thing. And I got a video of that as far as like, I got a video of Chad like saying what the bear did and it walks around. We'll edit that and send it to you. Maybe you can throw it out there. But it was pretty cool just like. Chad's like, okay, this is what I saw. And then, you know, he's, he shows the bear, you know, walking to here, thinking he got our wind, kind of hit that brush, swirled. And he turned the corner, saw me standing on the log, sticking straight up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> turned yeah. and burned, came right at me. And then he's showing where he's walking towards and he's like, he's going, he's going, he's going. And then you shot him here and then shot him here and then here. And then at the end, it was like, holy shit it's so close from the bear to me like it's one thing from where i saw it from where i was at to where i shot the bear mm-hmm. but when you stood where the bear was to me it was like 15 yards when it finally mm. went down 15 yeah. yards is nothing it's very yeah. close it's, i mean it's, it's right basically there. to the end of the yeah. right to the wall almost and it was like damn man so we went ahead and skinned him out and chad bless his heart his Kafaru pack, I couldn't put the thing in my pack. My pack was not big enough. Oh, yeah, no. I couldn't put it in there. I, I mean, I could have detached my load shelf and, like, tried to stuff it in there, which I think I could have got it in there. But Chad's like, you know, he's so proud of that Kafaru. Um, ah, man, we were just talking about that. Damn, he's going to be listening to this. Like, come on, Brandon. It's the same one that... Um, um, uh, same pack that... Uh, Jake's got. Jake has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, God, I'll, I'll probably look. I'll look it up. It, before we hey, too far hey, here. it's on one of our first episodes when we did our pack review. Yeah, but so. anyway, man, he he, we stuffed that thing in a game bag, and kept the skull in it and and the feet and everything. So you in didn't it. have to cut it in half or anything. No, the, well, the I mean, if I wasn't with Chad, maybe because he's just a beast and he's in amazing shape and he's got tree trunk thighs and. He's just like maybe five percent body fat. He's on that create thirty eight. Create thirty eight. Hey, and for the record, we just crushed a couple of those before the stock. So, nice. good, good shout out. Yeah, no, and I, uh, I, was, I tried that beat one. Did um, you? So, did you have the the capsules for the create thirty eight, or did you have the bar? Just the bars. But yeah. on your but on your sheep hunt, you had some capsules, didn't you? He did. He did. He, okay. he did. I I did not try any. I didn't know anything about it. He had his own little like he's dialed with salt tablets and yep. he's got bars and he's got like a full fuel system and i'm just like drink water <laughs> barely eat that's right he was telling me about that sheep hunt that uh when you were getting cramps and you get yeah you take some uh some salt tablets yep and i've never yeah. had them but oh man yeah. those things came in in the clutch i was like fully seized nutrition like, is so stop. key when you're out in the mountains exert yourself <laughs> 
especially and, on these hunts in Alaska, rugged terrain. Yep. I mean, yeah, and and at high high al- altitude and elevation, things are a little bit different. Yeah, um, for sure. But, Everything's uh, a factor. Yeah, man he he packed that damn bear all the way to the to the end of our mm. valley where we got back to camp and. Man, he it was like, and then the last like, oh man, three hundred yards was like swamp tussocks. Oh yeah. Oh my god, it was just oh, like yeah. nightmare. So. And how much do you think it weighed? Uh, I was thinking it was like a hundred, and then I then I put it on, and I was like, oh hell no, it was like at least one fifty. Yeah, yeah. Easily one fifty. I mean, the yeah. the head alone was fifty pounds. Yeah. The paws are, I don't know, five pounds each felt like, and of course I'm not a real good skinner. I've only done that was only third bear, so I don't know really really efficient at like flushing while I'm skinning. Yeah. So tons of flesh on it still, tons of fat on it still. You know the tail. Mm. I let you know I made sure and left the um, you know proof of sex on there. So it's just like all that added weight because now I've I pulled since I pulled the the skull out and the the feet and I've got it all sealed up and I just dropped the hide off today and it was so much easier to carry like by myself yeah. in a tarp. Yeah. Without all the shit that was in it when mm-hmm. he carried it in the pack. What an animal, dude. He carried that whole thing out and he drops it on the beach there. And uh, we went back up to camp and, like, you know, instantly made us some noodle bowls, got some salt in us, cracked some beers, mm-hmm. had some Kenai dip and pretzels, like nice. just put out everything and just we're scarfing. And I was like, man, we should probably go get that bear now, huh? And he's like, oh, that's your turn. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I had like the last 200 yards and I put it on and I'm like, Chad, how the fuck did you do that? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I would have had to stop, like stop, break, take it off. I think we stopped maybe four or five times. But only for a minute or two. Yeah, yeah. And how far and, how far in did you go? Uh, so straight like hard walk. It was about forty five minutes. If you just like hard walk, because we had the night the, the next day we went went back in there and came back out and we were just cruising. So you're, it's probably three miles, huh? Oh yeah, I'd say Four so. Miles. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good good guess. Yeah, um, and but with that big ass bear on there, it was crazy. And you guys saw the picture uh-huh. with the bear on the back. I mean, yeah. the bear. Yeah. head I'll, was. Yeah, I was saving that one for when we post the the thing. So when this once the show comes out, then we'll post. We'll it. throw that's, that up we'll there. Throw it yeah, out there too. like the bear's head width is as wider wider than our backs. Yeah, when it's, it's on huge there. Huge noggin. Huge noggin. Yeah, yeah. You ended up. I I got him unofficially measured just by ADF and G at the ceiling station uh 26 and uh three sixteenths okay so big big noggin eight and a half foot or so square okay that's just my measurements i just kind of did the full like normal you know nose to tail and front legs yep yep so um yeah we don't have to keep on going i just it was actually really fun to finally tell you guys yeah yeah, the story because i sent you pictures and i sent you a text and i've told the story to like 15 people at work and my boss and like you know my brother and a lot of my other buddies well you perfected it yeah now yeah now i was like man i think i actually told it probably the best this time i actually nailed the timelines (laughs) and i was thinking about it on the way because it it was you know in all honesty to kind of like just go ahead and wrap it up it was truly an experience of a lifetime it right now it for me is a bear of a lifetime it's a beautiful bear for for a unit 15 bear it's a very exceptional bear and uh to do it with chad and the experience and and just the conversations after that it kind of like almost we had already had some good like heart to hearts 
But after we had that situation, that and then we got the some deal. beers in, That's it was it, like dude. full go. You guys ice cut your broke. palms and do blood, the blood, <laughs> yeah, the blood yeah, shake. Yeah. The whole thing, dude, just straight up, man. <laughs> Thank you, Chad. You're the man, dude. <laughs> That's You're awesome. the man. So, That's awesome. Yeah, That's it was pretty pretty wicked experience, guys. I I don't wish that on anybody though. <laughs> Are do you done bear hunting? Or? Uh, I'll go bear hunting, but I'm not. I'll. I mean, I'll. You'll back him I'll up again? I'll back him up, but I don't want to have to do that again. I mean, yeah, that's like, <laughs> you know, I, and I, I did at the last minute. I went ahead and got a tag because I thought, well, we'll get him a bear. And then, you know, it was black and brown area. So I just wanted a black bear. I wasn't preference on size or anything. I just wanted to smoke one to get some some breakfast sausage. Yeah, that's yep. all I wanted. I'm, I'm about out of breakfast sausage. I really want some breakfast sausage. And... uh I th- we saw that big brown bear. I was like, oh, we'll get this one for Chad, and then I'll get yeah. that black bear. Yeah, the two, one of the two that are up there. Huh? Oh, well, you, the, the one, the next day we went back in there, and he was, he was rifle distance. Oh, okay. We, and, but Chad, man, he's like, nope, nope. I'm going to get him with a bow. And I was yeah. like, oh, because you the, already but punched the bear, him. Yes, because the bear didn't give us a chance. And uh, that, So anyway, we went back to the, the kill site the next day, and we sat on the moose from a distance thinking another bear would come in on it. Did We'd you carve out the um, backstrap? You know, um, <laughs> I'll just admit, man, I, I did not take an ounce of meat off this bear. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm talking all, about the moose. Oh, the moose, the yeah. Moose. No, 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 that was, nah, that was, uh, that was sour, sour pickings there. <laughs> no good, no good. No, yeah. but nothing, no meat off the bear, man. It didn't stink. It was interesting. He didn't, he wasn't gross. Yeah. But uh, do it this I don't know, man. There's just something about that big tank thing that just (laughs) didn't look good and edible and i know it's hit and miss you're not really supposed to eat brown bears i know they're they can kind of be nasty um maybe an interior grizzly in the brooks or something i would definitely carve a backstrap and and harvest some meat off of something like that but a 15 bear that's probably been in some fish Mm -hmm. somewhere down the line not to mention not on a sour rotten moose carcass yeah they are they are with the eat right yeah yeah so was the bag um, that he was using the straight jacket yes yeah that's correct yep it was the straight jacket you, you got go. it all right good call man thank you for throwing that in there shout that. out to kafaru the straight, straight jacket. jacket yeah what is yeah. that uh it's like a butterfly yeah style and it's um, hollow in the middle go holler at kevin at barney's he'll set you up if you want one of those yeah here's a yep. picture there's a new upgrade to that um the um Maybe the straight jacket is the new version, but the there's another one that's like, okay, yeah. That's let me awesome. let me see that one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Great pack. He made sure to get a shout out to because uh, there was funny. There was a little pack. Um, there's like some here, shop eh? talk going on. Uh, this one, yes, yeah. That's yep. just a different color. Yeah, yeah. that one's not yep. open. Similar to it. Yeah, yeah, but it opens up. Yeah, and it's got a sack in the middle. That yeah. folds open too. Yep, and then it's got like a nice little like pouch um, accessory on the bottom. That yeah, so that's that's damn, essentially that. that's <laughs> essentially Jesus. That's, yeah, whoa, that's essentially how that he packed the bear in there was like that, mm-hmm. and then the bear head flopped down, and then we like sh- yeah. lashed the bear oh, head like cool. tight. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So it was like sticking way off of him, yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of awkward and loose and weird, yeah. but yeah, it's funny. Before the hunt, he was he was um, he had got involved in a chat. With uh, uh, Kafaru and some guys, they were having some shop talk and like, what's the best pack out there? And, you know, Chad threw out the, you know, 
straight jacket straight jacket and then it's a good name then we then we go out and get a bear and he packed this thing and we got it all on video him packing it and lashing it down and then carrying yeah. it it was like here you go proof in the pudding boys like nice put a nice. whole bear in that thing nice. so well, welcome to Alaska Wild Project, yeah, episode 66. We're going to take a quick shout out to some of the sponsors, one of them, which is Barney's, if you want to get that straight jacket, um, Kafaru pack, or any of the packs that he has. Um, and we'll be right back to talk with Tristan with Create 38. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. Barney specializes in supplying hunters with the absolute best Alaskan-proven gear on the market for some of nature's most rugged and demanding terrain. Whether you're headed to the remote volcanic islands of the Alaska Peninsula in search of a brown bear, or the shale-infested glacial valleys of the Brooks Range for dull sheep, it is critical you choose the right gear for your dream hunt. Don't miss Barney's exclusive brand, Frontier Gear of Alaska, tested from the high mountains of Tajikistan to the extreme conditions of Alaska. These products were designed for high performance and durability. Frontier Gear was derived from decades of experience hunting big game in Alaska. Paired with other top brands, it provides you the absolute best gear selection anywhere in the world. Stop in at Barney Sports Chalet in Anchorage on Northern Lights or check out their custom website and reference tool at barneysports.com. Arbor Digital, based in Anchorage, Alaska, is your go-to wealth management company. Arbor Digital is at the forefront of digital assets and cryptocurrencies. If you've been looking to invest your hard-earned money or just want to learn more about crypto, blockchain technology, or digital investments, give their website acminc.com a visit. What's great about Arbor is they provide a low-cost, transparent, research-based investment strategy for digital assets and traditional investments as well. ACMINC.com is your first step in putting your money to work. Let one of Arbor's investment professionals walk you through your options for financial growth and security. Start investing for the future today at ACMInc.com. Arbor Digital, your Alaskan digital asset company. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom-outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. At Total Truck, you can find brands such as ARE, RSI Smart Caps, Goose Gear, iCamper, Frontrunner, Rigid Lights, Rhino Linings Bedliners, and everything you need to outfit your truck or SUV. Alaska Overlander provides 4x4 vehicles and expedition trailers custom modified for Alaskan adventures and outfitted with rooftop tents, fridges, and all the camping and cooking gear you need to start exploring. Visit them at alaskaoverlander.com. Yeah, hit it. Hit there it, you go. There it is. It. Yeah. Yeah, redeem yourself. Right. We're back. We're back. He's official. All right. Well, we have Tristan here from Create 38. First of all, thanks for coming in. And thanks for having me, guys. And thanks for uh, listening yeah. to the the 45-minute yeah. bear story. This there. is my first podcast. So. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, okay. so this is a, awesome, dude. I, we did kind of a mock one a while back, but it never got aired, so I oh, okay. really consider this the first one. Okay. All right. This well, it's feel special then. <laughs> right. As long as you air it. Nothing like practice. Yeah, well, no, it's going to air. <laughs> it's going to air for sure. Um, I, you know, I want to jump first into before we get into the bars. I want to get into the, um, this rad picture on your Instagram. Yeah, which um, one? the wingsuit one that we're looking at here. Um, You're the dude in the middle. I'm the guy in the middle. Uh, Nick Savage, Savage Sack is the guy on top, and Matt Gertis is out on the bottom. You guys so, are insane. Matt Gertis is uh, his company Squirrel. Uh, they build the suits. Oh, okay, they yeah. Build, they build uh, base gear, wingsuits, skydive canopies. Uh, all that stuff. 
Sick, dude. Is he out of here, out of Alaska? Or? No, he's out of uh, Seattle. Oh, so okay. that's, that's Kapowson, uh, Skydive Kapowson, which is the Red Bull Air Force guys, uh, Andy Farrington okay. and Luke Aikens. I yeah. don't know if you've heard of uh, the parachute jump they did without a parachute. That's Luke Aikens. Uh, oh, or the, uh, the, ju- the plane swap that they just did. Okay. That's their drop zone. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Okay. How'd you get linked Beautiful up doing that? Too. Man, so I started out skiing and kind of had a skiing background, been in Valdez, heli skiing for years on snow machines, uh, hiking. And uh, it was around the time when McConaughey was doing all of his ski-based stuff. And I was like, I got to do that. Yeah. You know, but you can't just put a parachute on and do a ski base or at least it's not the smartest thing. Uh-huh. So there's a criteria. <laughs> so I had to go through this whole thing just to do like the one thing that I really wanted to do. Yeah. So I ended up meeting a guy that's a teammate now for Create 38, Todd Davis, and uh, met him heli skiing in the northern end of the Chugach. Uh-huh. And uh, he's just like, man, you got to get into skydiving. And I was like, well, it is kind of a precursor to doing a ski base jump. So yeah, I just started yeah. the next following year, started doing my training and working toward that goal so what what does that entail like obviously you got to make some jumps with some people and then typically you do but not always so you can actually start your aff which is your accelerated freefall program Mm -hmm. and you don't have to do a tandem you can go straight straight into having an an instructor on both sides of you and uh land land yourself yeah really so is there like so is there a certain amount of jumps before you're get the first license or whatever certificate there is so tip so what you have 25 jumps before you have your a license okay which gives you your license to jump with other people okay and then from there you just you know practice 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 is it always from the same height in an aircraft yeah uh nope it depends so a lot of different companies like if you're in small planes like cessnas or smaller airplanes like uh, 206s they typically only go to 10,000 feet because it takes so long to get to altitude. Okay. Mm. Versus if you're at a major drop zone, if you're in a King Air, man, you get to you get to altitude in six minutes. Uh-huh. Mm. Okay. Seven minutes. Yeah. And you get it to 13, 14,000. Oh, wow. If you're in a, if you're in a uh, caravan, like with the, what is it? It's the uh, turbo caravan. You get to altitude, I think it's like 12, 13 minutes, oh, okay. 14,000 feet. How so. many how many seconds of free fall per thousand feet is it? Mm, you know, I don't exactly know, but I guess it depends on if you're in a wingsuit or if you're yeah. if you're slick. Oh, yeah. You know, if you're jumping slick, you got about sixty seconds. Okay. If you're in a wingsuit, depending on how you're flying your wingsuit, you can fly wingsuits head down, you can carve them, or you can just go for distance and length. So it depends on, you know, how you want to fly uh-huh. to what you get. Right. Slick that means just like just jumping with a parachute. Yeah, slick means like your body slick. Like okay. You have no drag. Okay, right? gotcha. Uh, wingsuit has so much drag, yeah. so much wind surface mm. or surface area for wind that yeah. just slows you down unless you just go head down, keep your wings back, and yeah. like a diver. So, how long's your longest dive in, in terms a wingsuit? Of time, yeah. I jumped out in Hawaii quite a few years ago at like 21,000 feet. Uh huh. And we flew almost from Waimea Bay all the way back to the other side of Dillingham. So, I don't know how many miles that is, but I think it was probably about a four minute flight. Okay. Oh, oh man. Dang. You know? Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Does it's it feel longer rare. than that? Does it feel like it does when you're just going? 
when you're playing around with your friends and you're dive bombing and doing different stuff, it goes by really quick. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you're like you're looking at you each other, you're doing stuff. Mm-hmm. But when you, if you're just you know going for a distance flight and you're maxed out, your body position's maxed out for glide. You're you're a lot more. It's a different body position. You're not you know so. It definitely feels it's like it's a workout. Do you have yeah. like an altometer or something that's like, oh, beeping and it's like, okay, now pull or whatever? We do. So it depends on everyone has a different criteria of how they like to fly or uh-huh. a different program. Some yeah. people have audibles in their in their helmet. Uh-huh. Some of them have chest mounts or wrist mount. Uh-huh. And some have both. It'll you know? notify what, you. What did you a, call a, that? A lot. An altometer? Altometer? Or altimeter? Altimeter, right? I don't like to correct people, yeah. though. If I, I think you're right. I could be wrong. and I could No, it is altimeter. Yeah, 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 I no. could be going I appreciate after that. all these years. Well, it's A-L-T-I yeah. meter. But, um, Luckily for me, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. So, <laughs> <But a lot laughs> always of, learning. But a lot of us, even though we have uh, the right equipment on to back up, a lot of times it's just sight. You know, if a lot of people have done it enough. Mm. Oh, really? You have, you have your visuals. A lot of us that that are on like our teammates and stuff, a lot, we're cross uh, uh, do multi sports, so we're base jumpers as well. So we're used to judging altitudes way lower than our normal pull altitude. So, okay. um, so we re- we have a, a good reference on. I mean, a lot of skydivers have a good reference, but so a lot of times we're not like, oh, we're at this altitude. You know, yeah. we kind of we know where we're at at the drop zone. We've flown back. We know the references on the size of the trees, the size of the drop oh, zone. Yeah. And you're just like, yep, it's time. Start breaking off, you know, and then you do, when I say break off, so we might be flying in a group of six or maybe 14, you know, 14 oh, wow. wingsuits all flying around. Hmm. And that typically around 4,000 feet, people start, you know, breaking off, doing their own thing. And uh, there's always a few last people standing. Uh-huh. And you know, mm. it's typically the same people. You know, okay. you have the people that pull high, you have the people that pull low, yeah. or mm. where yeah. they should. Like to run it a little tight. Everyone pulls where they should. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there you yeah, go. Yeah, Good yeah, answer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I didn't notice that you could fly upside down. The guy on the yeah. bottom oh, there yeah. is upside down. <laughs> yeah, that's Matt Gertis. And uh, I mean, these guys are phenomenal wingsuiters. I'm still a novice. The, these guys fly. I mean, I don't even know how many how many jumps they do do a year, but uh, you should see it's it's an art just to watch these guys from up high. You know, I say up high like fifteen twenty feet and carve around each other and just their their uh, spatial awareness of where they are and mm. and how they fly together. And these guys fly together all the time, so there's a lot of intuitive flying between these guys mm-hmm. yeah. where. I mean, like I said, you look at you kind of like the bear thing, you know. Like, you know, you're looking at mm-hmm. you're looking in the eyes, and you know where you're at. Yeah, and they're just flying together. Yep. You know, that's cool. So, uh, on those wingsuits, do you wear like a special suit under the suit? It seems like you guys all have on like the same kind of shoe or boot or something on there. Nope, that's just the that is part of the wingsuit. I should have brought one. Just so oh, so the shoe, the it. boot that's, is part of that it. That booty is part of the wingsuit. Okay. So okay. you slip your feet into it and you zip it down okay. over it. And now when you guys, that's why I was saying we, you were talking about straight jackets and, and the, uh, and the packs. I was like, those things are like a straight jacket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tight. You know? Yeah. I bet. Now when you guys jump multiple people, are they jumping out continuously one after another or like or some at the same time and yep, then you meet one after the other so we all we all get when we're getting out of the plane we're all standing up shoulder to shoulder guy gives a nod 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yep. eight. Drop, drop, we all start drop, dropping drop. out. We line, fly into one another. Yeah. Get in formation. So the and, last guy can whatever. catch up. Yep. Okay. So even though the plane's flying forward and dropping out, you, you slow your, like the, the first person that jumps out will keep his speed appropriately for the last diver. Oh, okay. And oh, then he can as actually the last slow diver, himself down. Yeah. We, so we, there's a variance like, in how we position our bodies. Mm. Okay. Gives us more or less drag. Mm. Gotcha. Oh, like where so, you're, you're more massed out. Yes, more exactly. drag versus like. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So you you so you you change body position for how you want to fly to your speed. Yeah. Okay. Arm like, sweat back gives you less surface area. You sink out more. You go into a dive. Okay. Kind of like a fighter jet. You know those, those old. What was it? The uh, it the F four that had the wings that would sweep oh, back. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and then you could sweep them forward. Yeah. So when they're diving and going super fast, mm. fighting after one another, yeah. they're swept back. Yeah, mm. you know when they need more glide. Yep, arms forward. Stick them out. Yep. Yep. Catch more air. Yep. Exactly. And you're turning that downward momentum into forward momentum. So when you have when you go into a dive or you're flying fast, then you change body position. You start coming out of it. Now. You change all of that in a forward momentum, mm. and you can you can get your stall speed. You know, there's stall speeds. There's, it's like all types of. It's like you're an aircraft using your body as that foil. Wow, and you're like just always learning with every drop. You, you said these guys are like, especially me because I live in Alaska, and so I only fly so often. Gotcha. You don't and, get nearly as many drops as these guys do. And, and starting a business and doing that, that's taken me out of the game over uh-huh. the past several, oh, several years. Yeah. So these guys mm-hmm. have, are just yeah. years going. above me. You know, mm-hmm. they're just going, going, going. Is, is there and baffling so, in there? Is that like air that gets in there? Yep, exactly. Okay. So it's so it's it's like a ram air canopy, but it's a ram air wingsuit. Okay. So you have, you have these inlets here you can stand up with that mic thing too okay. yeah so let's see where are the inlets on this you know go to a different picture on the instagram let's go see go down there's one oh, sorry guys go down. oh it happens right here this one. this one the one above it yeah oh that's like a video oh that's a video well Probably just, oh man. Oh, that's crazy. Holy shit, you fall fast. <laughs> well, I guess go to a different one back okay. up here. Okay. Try that one there. This one? Yep. Go okay. to that one. So there. There's one. Oh, there's, there's one. like a. There's one, there's one. So there's, oh, okay. That's four. where the air's coming in. Yep. Oh. And that's the same position on the back as well. Oh. So, okay. So when you're jumping off of a cliff. Oh, I see the baffle like on the guy on the right. I see that little like. Opening, mm-hmm. yeah, to the left, right there. Yep, yeah. exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, now, when you jump out of an airplane, you're going already going 140 miles an hour. So, as soon as you jump out, you're, filled, you're pressurized right away. Mm. The cliff is different. A cliff takes about 300 feet. Oh, so, you jump so out. Really and, flying. And, and you jump out and you have, as long as you're not getting any updraft from the cliff, any thermals. Okay. You jump off and for 300 feet. You have kind of a little bit of a dead airspace. You know, you have momentum from trajectory from launching forward and off. So you're not just like falling. Yeah. Yeah. But you have your initial push off, set your body position, set your angle. And as air starts coming in and you start dropping at that angle of attack, you fill up, Uh you start feeling that pressurization. Within three seconds, you're fully 
pretty much fully inflated. And within four seconds, you're fully pressurized, ready to fly. Uh, so, and then you kind of pull up. You don't necessarily pull up unless that's what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. But then you just start flying whatever your line is. Oh, okay. So some people are flying terrain really close, so uh-huh. they will jump into their angle, into their line right away, uh-huh. where some lines are more floaty to where maybe they have to get to their line. So they're jumping uh-huh. off of the cliff, getting pressurized, turning right. They have a little bit of a time to fly wherever they want. Mm-hmm. Then they're dropping into their line and flying it accordingly. Like, do you guys ski or snowboard? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Okay, so it's kind of like that. You may have to traverse over to a certain line. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then gotcha. once you're there, yeah. then you're like, game on. Yeah. yeah. So it's very similar. Yeah, that three-dimensional thing, though, that's happening in this flying is, like, I just foreign to me. You know, like, how would you know that you can make it to here to there and how close you could get to that r- that line uh, above the ridge or whatever? It's experience, in but it, but air. essentially, yeah, yeah. Like in in airline pi- or aircraft pilots probably understand this way better than I do, even. But it's where you see the horizon line, uh-huh. you can see whether you're dropping or it's rising, you know. And so you oh, so you can see like the bubble what you have to play uh, play with, and yeah. you also know if you're flying your suit on power, like full power, mm-hmm. or like you're maxed out, meaning you have no power and you're like you have no lift. Mm-hmm. you're maxing out your glide okay. ratio that's mm-hmm. the most dangerous place to be because you could stall out not because you could stall out because you have no room to pull up oh, okay it's just like it's like driving max power and if something gets in your way you can't pull up. yeah yeah the way that we pull out of things is by flying as fast and steep as you can at your at your line and then you have plenty of range mm, when, yeah. you, when you just lift up you're like yeah but if you're already maxed out yeah and something comes at you yeah. You got nothing. You have nowhere to go. Now you have left or right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Uh, All you can do is bank. Like you can't yeah. actually like lift. Yep. And anytime you bank, what do you do? You drop altitude as well because sure. surface area. Yep. And you know? and then your drop. Are you are you dropping faster now when you bank? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Because now the drag's less. Yeah. Going so down, you're, so you're, yeah. you're knifing. And now it's oh. not it's not so dramatic. Sure. But yes. But yeah, you're. You, know, you have to be aware of it. Wow. You know okay. and. And I don't fly, I don't, at this point in my career, I don't fly terrain very close, like some of the guys you see. Yeah. You know, I'm not that, like, like super like, dirty. Like, like belly on the Yeah, like, tips, I'm, I'm like definitely way more safe the way that I fly. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not current enough to where I'm going to be. Uh, You're, like, hundreds of feet? Yeah, I'd say hundred. Okay. You know? Yeah. And how fast? Which, a hundred foot above terrain. It's we're, close. We're, it's not, it's not today. Where people are flying today, I mean, it's not. It's that's far. I mean, oh really? Yeah. What are we talking? What are we talking like the extreme? I mean, people are several feet off the ground. What? I'm talking about like, and they're able still to be able to pull up. Oh yeah. To to set the parachute. Yeah. So so they're like down like on a slope. So they're like, Mm -hmm. and of course that's on consistent terrain. Yeah. Yeah. Where they're flying it steep. Yep. They know the line. Yep. There's no trees or obstructions or anything. There just... might be trees and obstructions, but they're, I mean, it can be, trench, it can be trenches or it oh, could be okay. a nice even slope angle, but people are just dialed. They're doing this a uh, lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, yeah. It's How big is the community, you think? For wingsuit base or for just wingsuits or skydiving or base jumping? Wingsuit. Wing, just wingsuit. wingsuit like. For wingsuit base jumping? And just gaining more and more. I mean, a couple of years ago, it was probably at like 15, 2,000, 1,500, 2,000. Is it mostly in the United States or you're seeing this happen? It's in mainly Europe. 
mainly uh, Europe. Oh, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Europe is. Is there a certain country that's mm-hmm. like leading the leading the? As far as far not the suit game as far as uh, terrain where people fly the most, I would say it's it's mainly in like the uh, Swiss Lauterbrunnen oh, Valley. Yeah. Okay, that's mm-hmm. like the big attraction with all the with all the lift access mm. and the way to get to the mountains. Oh yeah, yeah. it's mm-hmm. just phenomenal. It's in the Swiss Alps is made for it. That's yeah, you know yeah. that terrain. Gotcha. Yeah, real vertical. Steep. Lots of steep cliffs to jump from. Yeah, where in Alaska. Not so much. You have Chugach crud. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. <laughs> everything just like crumbles. And it's yeah. like there's not yeah. a lot of sheer cliff. Yeah. Right. So and then it comes down to the tree line. So it's not like it, you have a yeah. long distance. Like, I mean, what are our. And it's, we have big approaches. Like we have, you know, it's not, it's like big approach. And then like we have like 2,000 foot of like yeah. steep stuff. Yeah. But in Europe, I mean, it's. It's just steep just, all the way up. Yeah. It's old, mm-hmm. older mountain ranges. Yeah. And yes. Yes. And that yeah. attributes to it. And then a lot of our stuff in Alaska that does have the type of terrain that we would want to fly or has cliffs, it's in areas that are really super hard to get to. Yeah, mm-hmm. You have to helicopter mm-hmm. in. And some of them dropped. are in national parks, and you can't, can't bring helicopters into them. Mm-hmm. So that, right. so accessing them in Alaska is extremely difficult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On top of the fact that you just don't have a large community of people to to go out and do these things with. And if someone's coming up here to do it with you, I mean – like you guys know from all the hunting you do, what's the weather window here? here yeah. To get good yeah. weather. Yeah. yeah. Now, yes. hunting's a little bit different for weather, but mm-hmm. when you're talking about like jumping off of a cliff and the weather to get to exit points, the wind. Mm-hmm. Well, it has different, to be the perfect. The stars have to align. It does. Always. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. or it has to be within your skill level. Oh. Okay. Oh. You gotcha. know, gotcha. It has to be pretty like, I'm thinking it has to be pretty elite level to mess around in our mountains with all the... If, yeah, variables with all those variables mm-hmm. in getting to the train because yeah. it's, not, it's not like in your well and in europe don't get me wrong th- these guys are they're they're hiking yeah it's not and easy. jumping mm-hmm. and they're taking lift access it depends on yeah they're doing both mm-hmm. but here in alaska it would strictly be just yeah you're hiking yeah you yeah. know and so to have that endurance to hike for however many hours mm-hmm. it's going to take you you know five to seven hours to yeah. get to you know you're talking about for some of these flights, you know, like in Europe, they're like some some of them are seven thousand foot uh, relief. Mm. So you have seven thousand foot to play with. Yeah. Where so if you're hiking seven eight thousand foot, yeah, you know it's a long day. Yeah, it's all day in the sound. It's a long day. So then having your mental acuity on top of yeah. that to still and to down climb anything in case it's unjumpable. Right. If weather comes in. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. your your days of washing, you're just hiking out. Right. <laughs> now you have to make sure you could get down everything you climbed up. Yeah, and guess and you're maybe another seven hour day. I mean, back yeah. down versus if you jump off, Ten three minutes. minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so when you when you do, or when you it's, do it's a, less than that. Actually, it's more it's more like in a wingsuit at you know seven thousand. You're looking at maybe like a minute and a half. Really? How fast are you going there? All day, uh, like forward momentum. You're going. I mean, it depends again what yeah. how you want to fly it. Yeah, you know if you're flying it steep or if you're maxing out. Yeah. But you're talking about like 140 forward speed. Okay, just Damn. about yeah, ripping. You know? When you're flying, do you? Yeah. You need a lot of strength to maneuver, or is it pretty easy? These days, with uh, with the suits that, that Matt's making and uh, and Mike Steen, um, they're way more comfortable to fly. Okay, it's, you know like, what are their suits like, called it's, again? It's like it's like like laying in a mattress, you know. And if you, oh, <laughs> you lay into it, lay your chest into it, and fly more relaxed. Okay. Ten years ago, it was a lot more like being like a, a different body position. 
where okay. you were more flying the suit versus now. I mean, you're still flying it, but now they're just way more intuitive. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's called Squirrel. Squirrel.ws Squirrel. is, is their website. Squirrel suits, yep. I would think that the first time you go to do yeah. it with the squirrel suit, it's got to be nerve-wracking. Mm -hmm. It is. And, I mean, so nowadays I mean, they're recommending – most, I think all, almost all drop zones, you can't get in a wingsuit until you have at least 200 jumps. Oh, oh so. my goodness. And so that's kind of like the entry level, like, you know, get your 200 jumps under your belt, mm -hmm. then you can start doing it. But it's such a different feeling that like, because you have so much fabric on you, if you have a malfunction, that's why they want you to have 200 jumps. You, they want you to have jumped enough to where you've gone through some malfunctions. Gotcha. You've gone through oh, some bad situations yeah, yeah. to where, oh. Had to figure I things get, out. Yeah, if I get line twist, this is what I do. If I you know, if I have to have a cutaway, this is what I do. If mm. you know, Just going through these scenarios. Mm -hmm. Because when you do it and you have zippers in your arms and things where getting to your parachute is behind your wing. Yeah. And uh, if you have malfunctions. Like I said, you're literally in a straitjacket is what it feels like. Mm -hmm. So you can't reach your lines right away. So you have to figure yeah. things out. Yeah. yeah it's a learning do. process. Yeah. Oh, my so, goodness. So it is a little nerve-wracking when you know what can go wrong. Yeah. And you're training for it, but yet you have never had it happen. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. still your Sometimes, first time. Yeah. Like a, when a bear charges you, you don't know how you're going to react till it happens. Yeah. Yep. You know? Not a lot of time to think about it. Yeah. just happens. When it, when it happens, you know, that's when you really know what – what you're made of. Are you going to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're something Brandon, you're still here, but a, light, still here, boys. a lot of that is like, but he, he did say that he's may not go on one himself. <laughs> he will back up again. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to solo bear hunt anymore. I can tell you that yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That, well, you're also, you done. were going with the bow hunter, which you were already determined. You were going to be close. You know, there yeah. was oh, yeah. already was that like the mindset if something was there. happened. Yeah. yeah. You, that helped. Yeah. The preemptive, like mm -hmm. mindset and preparation for the mental side. And then, like what you guys are doing, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, this is all physical and repetitive and, and like training and all this, but like, it's all, it's all in your head, this whole thing, right? Like, what do you mean? When you jump, like, it's all like, you're just processing information, like, oh, once, whole, you're, once you're flying, once you're flying. Yeah. Like, it's like you're, you're, your body and mind and your muscle memory. And when you've done enough jumps, it's kind of like all the same. Right. But, but it's. But in general, like, it's all, like, your mind is, like, processing whatever your variables are, the drifts, the, the wind, the, you know what I mean? It's, like, you're constantly, like, your computer, right? Yeah, there's, like, yeah, there's a point where it becomes more natural to you, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. And, of, of course, and that's by doing it out of an airplane. Mm -hmm. 200 is a lot. Yeah. That, well, that's 200 jumps out of an airplane without a wingsuit. Yeah, and then you can, and then, you can and then get started. And then once you put a wingsuit on... You have an instructor, you go through, you know, your ground school of like, hey, this is how, you know, you go through your, your malfunctions, what you're going to do, your flight plan, all of these things. And uh, once you make a few jumps and you start flying, that's when the training really starts. You know, it's like you're now it's like piecing these things together, mm. starting to fly with maybe more than just your instructor, maybe two people, maybe, you know, adding these components together. And, you know, that's not even going into the field and doing base jumps with that. Yeah. You right. know, like then you're so also, you're also, level. when you start, I mean, again, not everyone follows the same regimen of how they, uh, what they follow to go from, uh, skydiving to base jumping to wingsuit base or whatever. But, um, typically someone won't do a, a base jump with a wingsuit, their first base jump. They will then start over as a base jumper, jumping off of a bridge, taking it slow 
building up to big cliffs and mm. once they know how to fly their body position in the base environment using a tracking suit which is just a this you're not jumping slick you have some surface area to where you can get better glide ratio mm-hmm. one to one to two one to one and uh you know then you start maybe thinking about a wingsuit later is that something that a personal track that you're doing or is there like some commission or someone that's like you can't do it till you do 200 jumps or is that so so the drop zone typically so you you have to manifest your jumps okay at the window they're like who are you jumping you know when you go to jump there they you give them your logbook Mm. they get your information okay uh i mean i'm not saying that people haven't done it in under 200 jumps for sure we have that's the recommended but again on paper that's what Every drop zone has its own standard. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. You know, some people in, you know, I guess it's harder for me to think what exactly is going on today. I started this 12 years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I started, you were still kind of, there was a little bit of wiggle room to where 200 was the criteria. But if you were switched on, you're a multi-sport guy or yeah. girl, someone knows that you're switched on. You've been in these types of environments before. Yeah. You show, uh, you know what you're doing mm-hmm. with your regular track. skydive. You get some cred with other things. Mm-hmm. You have the right instructor. He knows your mentality. People have done it before that. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. it was right on that cusp of uh, what was recommended and kind of. But now I'm pretty sure it's all like 200 across the board. Yeah. Do you think that's like based on uh, like the drop zones insurance, or do you think that's like I from think, like a regulatory kind of? I think it's just to keep people out of it that aren't committed to being in the sport. Gotcha. You know, because you, you have people that watch these YouTube videos. Yeah. Yeah. They get in the wing suit. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, that looks fine. That's they do it. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, well, how committed are you? Are you committed to do 200 jumps? Yeah. yeah. You know, like, do it and then we'll talk. And yeah. it's like, yeah. maybe they have their first malfunction without a wingsuit. Just, and they're like, I forget this. Fuck that. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nothing yeah. Like, I almost died. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now the wingsuit, do you rent them or you got to buy your own? Is it the outfit that's like outfitting them uh, once so, you get to that point? So some of the, some of the drop zone, it's not the drop zones. Some of the guys that, uh, that organize at drop zones, they'll have a, uh, like squirrel has a couple places where, uh, there's a, there's a guy or girl there that, you know, has rental suits for, okay for people when they have an instructor and gotcha. they're doing their first jump courses. Oh, okay. gotcha. You know, it's not like you can just go rent one and like, Hey, yeah. here's my ID. Give me one. Yeah. It's, it's more like, all right, your instructor is this, you're that's him. Like we're going to go through the first jump course and this is what you're going to be fine with me. Right. He would never just give it to him and be like, teach yourself. Yeah. 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 That yeah, doesn't right. happen. Yeah. yeah. That's no. not the type of rental. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if they're doing that, don't go. Don't go. Yeah. <laughs> like renting a paddleboard in Hawaii. Like, yeah. No, you're not going to get, here. you're not going to get a pack yeah, rat and be like, all right, send me down the river. <laughs> yeah. no. so the dudes that are real serious or the people that want are real serious and they're trying to get all those jumps in at the drop zone. Can they take multiple dr- jumps in a day? Oh yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, when, at Kapowson, when we were jumping uh, a few years ago, I think we, man, I mean, we were getting, when we were all serious about, we were doing like 12 a day. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's right. just up one and down, after up the and other. Down, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's and cool. do you pay like a fee for the day or per, per jump. jump? Per jump. And yeah. what's that range? Shut. I think nowadays, I think it's right around like 27 to 32. Okay. Per jump. 2,700 no, to 30? 
27 to $30. dollars Oh, like, whoa. Oh, okay, yeah. that was my question. I was like, is shit. it expensive? It's not that expensive then. No, not for jump. I mean, it adds up if you're doing, I mean, that can be, you know, 350 a day. Yeah. yeah, if you're yeah doing so. that, that, I mean, it's okay. not a day of heli skiing, but, you know, you're also hoping to do a lot of it for several days. Okay, so right? you can really, mm-hmm. I mean, if you dedicated two weeks... You could get like your two hundred. You can get your two hundred in there and, and be wingsuiting by the end of June. Mm, I mean, in theory, yes. The weather's good. But, but the thing is, is when you're a beginner, you're not ski. You're not jumping in every condition. You're jumping. You're like if it's windy. Oh, if it's oh, windy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, if yeah, it's yeah. windy, you know, you're still a. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. a newbie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. you don't want to be jumping Safety in first. certain conditions. Gotcha. Yep. You know, so. You have a lot of different factors, which is another challenging thing here in Alaska. There's a skydive uh, company out in uh, in Palmer, ASS, I think, Alaska Skydiving Center, or ASC, or is one of those two. But um, <laughs> getting licensed here in Alaska because of weather days, and they're only open on weekends, makes it super oh, challenging. That's a nice if schedule. It, We're only yeah, open yeah, on weekends, you know, that's nice. <laughs> well, yeah, because we jump not, like three times a year. Yep. <laughs> it, is. it can take someone all summer. Mm-hmm. And also, they're throwing tandems on that mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So right. they're trying to. You make money. A company makes money doing tandems, not really single people. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about it. They're charging three hundred dollars for a tandem for someone to come on and do it yeah. versus thirty dollars yeah. for jumping. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Yep. You know, so we call them tandem factories. You know, you have tandem factories. Sometimes they'll squeeze you in. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, it's kind of hard though. When yeah. so so I guess so typically someone that does want to go somewhere, you want to go somewhere where it's good weather. Mm-hmm. Want to go to like Arizona, California? Gotcha. Yeah, it's consistently good. But yeah. some of those areas too in the summertime have dirt devils, big swirly things. Oh, when you have heat yeah. waves, can't jump in those. Mm. You know, you get thermals. You get they spin up. Oh sure, right? it's horrible. Throws you off. Oh yeah. I mean, mm. is there a time you um, got into some kind of crazy <laughs> something? Which time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if it was about your bear story one. Yeah, I guess one that stands out, you know, that something something happened and you're like, you know, I'm going to die. The ground was staring you in the eyes. No, I've never looked at the ground. Well, I guess once on a base jump when I jumped off of a building in Vegas, that was that was a story. We'll get to that one maybe in a minute. But um, this the one that stands out most, I would say. I said it's probably like my fifth wingsuit jump that mm. I ever did. It was in Hawaii, and uh, really cloudy day, super cloudy. So typically, you know, I mean, typically you want to be able to see the ground when you jump out of the out of the airplane, okay? So you can see the drop zone. Okay. You know where you're flying. Gotcha. There was a lot of cloud coverage on this jump. Okay, you, know, you can see clouds. spots. You can see certain things, but it was a lot of a lot of cloud coverage, and um. We got a, a flight pattern, so we we know that typically we know, all right, we're jumping out at a certain point. We're going to fly this pattern, so it'll get us back from A to B in about that 10,000-foot elevation. Okay. You know? Um, we jump out. We're flying toward the, toward the DZ where we need to go. Couldn't see the ground at all. Couldn't see my partner. He was going to, you know, the plan was that he was going to fly next to me. That wasn't the case. I didn't see him at all. My fifth wingsuit jump. He knows this, you know. So, so I'm like, "What the hell is he? Am I flying the wrong way? Yeah, what's going oh. on here? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know." So I have these thoughts going in my head. So I'm like, "You know what? I'll just flip around on my back, see where he's at." 
I've never even flown on my back before. You know, kind of like that picture you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. You know? So, so I flip on my back and he's right, right above me. And I was like, oh, sweet. Cool. We're going the right, right way. Right you there. Know? Yeah. So I'm like, everything's good. I go to flip back to my belly. But so when I flipped on my back, I went from flying steep to flying flat, almost at a stall out. Okay. Mm. You know? Yeah. I've never flown on my back before. You yeah. Know? So when I go to flip back on my belly, I catch a wing, just, you know, air, flips me, spins me, and I just start tomahawk and tumbling. <gasps> Dead spin. Just. Yeah. You know, for 5,000 feet. Wow. You know, finally I pop out through the clouds, you know, and like throw my arms out, you know, because I'd tried everything else you yeah. know, that I knew of what to do, which wasn't a whole lot at the time because this was the first experience. Yeah. Couldn't really you know? gain control again. Nope. And, uh, but I did eventually and uh, popped out right underneath the clouds, straight as an arrow, luckily. Reached back, pulled, opened up, and I would say that was just my my most memorable, like, oh, shit moment when I was like, how do I get out of this mess? Like I said, literally, you feel like you're in a straitjacket. Yeah. You know? And, um, you're kind of out of control there, too. Yeah, and and I, I didn't plan on, on flying in my back. I'd never... You'd never I, done it before, and you just decided to just, just turn yeah, on your back. I decided to do it, <laughs> yeah. but I, so I had I didn't have any instruction on like oh like if you're you know when oh, you're transitioning you from from back to belly, you want to make sure you're steep angle so that so that you have that forward speed or all the little tricks that I know. Okay, now. but at Arms the time, at I a certain position and yeah, just how to do it. There's just yeah. a, there's just a technique. Figure okay. it out on the fly, so yeah. to speak. <laughs> like have you like skiing backwards? Have you ever skied backwards? Yeah, you know, it's okay. like yeah. you know it was probably not like, easy. <laughs> It isn't, (laughs) but it's way easier when you're thinking about what you're going to do instead of just finding yourself doing it and then being like, now how do I turn back around? You know? And so that's kind of, so that was, that was kind of like the most memorable in that sense. But I've definitely had a lot of different experiences that, um, probably enough now to where I forget which ones Mm -hmm. to even talk about. Yeah. Kind of blur together. Yeah. You know, I think when you've had one or two, you remember the, one or two or three. Yeah. But when you start having quite a few of them, you're like, I've had so many of those experiences, like none of them really stand out. Yeah. Right. You, have, you actually have to start talking about a certain story that maybe triggers Sparks a similar something. moment. And mm-hmm. then you're like, oh yeah, that happened to me yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Or that reminds me of this story. You know? So that was your first like real, oh shit moment. So that one seared in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> so and, what do you do to get out of a tomahawk like that? And that, so, yeah. So you look for the ground, like with your head, always kind of like you're kind of like tilting your head toward where you think the ground is looking for it. Because if you're on your back, your head, your body follows your head, Mm -hmm. you know, so you're looking for that. Mm -hmm. And then initially you want to bring all your wings in so you're not catching air. And then you want to put them back out. Once you're you're pointing down. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. So So close up and like. So close up and restart. Okay. Did you figure that out in that situation or? I think I just got so dizzy and so tired that I was just like, you know, like almost when you give up and you relax and then you figure it out. Okay. Mm. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's kind of weird in skiing and, and a few other things, you realize you really have to relax in order to perform better totally so sometimes like going through that little bit of a trauma for five thousand feet six thousand feet i got so tired that i just kind of relaxed enough to find your way to find my way yeah yeah Mm -hmm. because i was so tense and trying to fight it and yeah when you're trying to fight being in a wingsuit or a straight jacket 
tumbling. Oh, it's got to be exhausting. It, it's mentally fatiguing. Mm. You know, oh, the, the, the yeah. oh shit, the oh shit, yeah. the oh shit. Yeah, like because yeah. time, the clock's ticking, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you're not so, I mean, it's definitely ticking. In my, like in my mind, I think I'm thinking it's just that when you don't know when it's going to stop, you know, like you're like, it, none of this feels like it's going to change. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's just a, f- yeah. a free fall. Yeah. Uh, this yeah, might be a silly question, but when you're going and you're flying 120 miles an hour or whatever you 140. said, 140, and you pull that strap to let the the parachute come out, is that just like an initial pow, like shock? Back? Yeah, it's an initial shock for sure. But Do you go from like 140 to like 40? Nope. Well, so you slow yourself down before you pull your parachute. Okay. So you can, oh. you, can, you can get, you can flare up. And stall yourself out essentially. Okay, get gotcha. close to stall speed, and then even out. Get good laminate airflow over the back of your of your wingsuit, and then throw out your your parachute. Okay, okay. So that helps. Yeah. That being said, you, we definitely have hard openings. You know, there's a there's a lot of times you know, jolts. Yeah. There's some there there can be really super soft openings, and then some that just shock. It's opening shock, just like whack. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah, they can spin you up, spin your your uh, your canopy and line twist. Mm-hmm. All types of different mm. malfunctions. Yeah. So when so your bot your your wingsuit has so much uh, surface area that when you open up, if your body position isn't dead on straight, wind can catch that and twist you. Mm-hmm. So the wind will push one side of your wingsuit. Let's say like one of your wings is collapsed, the other one's open. The wind's going to hit it and spin, spin you in that, that direction. Mm, so okay. if you're going 40 miles an hour, you're like, yeah. And all of a sudden, you have 20 line twists and you're spun up and you're, oh shit, your yeah. the back of your neck is bent down. Gotcha. And you can't even look up. You're like, oh, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I'm in a straight jacket and I can't move my head. <laughs> Where's my knife? <laughs> no, I Where's know where knife? it is, but how can I reach it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So wow, what other crazy shit you do? Uh, as far as sports wise, like, yeah. like, so I do, uh, I get speed flying as well. Speed riding and speed flying. What's that? What's that? Mean? That's what's on the box of our bars here. Like if you right here where you ski oh, with a canopy. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. It's like a mini paraglider. It's like a Ferrari oh, yeah. of paragliders. And, oh, um, what? Yeah. And so you can do barrel rolls and all types of fun stuff. You basically, you can ski all the lines that have cliffs and, you wouldn't normally be able to do. Yeah. You know, and that's another thing that I really enjoy doing. Um, I, I ski as well. Yeah. Machine. I, I was kind of wondering, like, um, like backing up a little bit to Daniel's question, what kind of spurred your drive for doing this extreme ass shit? Like what did you do something with, did a buddy take you out? Did, did someone introduce you Did did something spark your interest to, taking some extreme to like a next level like where did it kind of like i think it was shane mcconaughey start? you know just seeing shane ski like off it, of was the the, it was the heli skiing is it kind of where it all it wasn't the heli skiing didn't do it it was watching shane mcconaughey uh ski off of a cliff and mm. throw out a parachute yeah i was already at a certain level skiing to where you were doing I drops was, I was, where i was like, having fun with skiing yeah like mm-hmm. i was at a certain level to where it was kind of uh Second nature, okay. so to speak. And so watching Shane do all of this stuff, I was just like, man. Next level. That's what I was like. I wanted, like, it, it wasn't, I guess to better answer your question, it wasn't like, oh, I want to do this next crazy shit. 
uh-huh. it was just more like that would be like I would love to ski off of a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think like, oh, I, what's the next crazy shit that I can do? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah like, I was just like, extreme I would see your buddy do it yeah. and you're like, man, I, I no, I, I was just that. like, like that would like, what would that feel like to just know that you're about to ski <laughs> off of a 400 foot cliff? Yeah. Like I want, I was like, you know, like I want it to yeah. not, because when you jump off of enough cliffs, you know what it feels like to land. You're like, ah, oh, this is going to be hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, or maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's going to be oh, something. Yeah. You know, you're like, stick Talk it. to my knee about yeah. that. Yeah. And so so I was like, oh, man, I wouldn't have to worry about that. I have a parachute. <laughs> oh, that's good for the knees, man. They should have had that back in the 90s. Yeah. Yep. They did. <laughs> but so, so that's kind of what got me thinking that way. Mm-hmm. And then in training for that, I came, I, I never intended to get in a wingsuit. I never intended to speed fly. You know, I ended up getting into all of it really, really soon. So I got out of a a relationship and um, we had started skydiving together. Mm. And that relationship, it ended, I'd already done it. So I started skydiving and I think I did my first base jump of around, and I think it was like 76 skydives. I went base jumping. And then I started flying wingsuits, like 86, my 86 jump. Mm-hmm. And then I started speed ride, speed flying without skis in Hawaii right after that. And so I started, and, and then I broke up with that girlfriend. So then I just really started doing all of them. Or actually, I mm-hmm. broke up with her before I started doing wingsuits. Oh, she was holding you back, bro. She was definitely holding me back. No, my mindset was holding me back. But so so just at that point, I was just like, I'm doing all of it. You know, so I, unfortunately, I look back at it like I should have stayed with one discipline and just stuck to it and Mm. been really disciplined, got really good at it. But instead, I was just like, well. Doing it all. I had the opportunity because of the people I was around. I wasn't searching for it. But after skydiving in the wingsuit. They're like, oh, we're going up to Makapu and we're going to speed fly. Have you ever done that? And I was like, nope. And 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 JC JC was like, well, like, let's have dinner and tell me about your background because you know, one he was this guy was on Red Bull Air Force and he was like, let's just uh, let's hear about your background, you know. So fill you out, yeah. So went and talked to him and stuff, and he's like, all right, well, let's go kite the wing and stuff, and so we figured out. So we went there and I ended up doing my first flight. So then now I'm like, okay, now I'm doing that. Yeah. You know, no, now I'm doing this. And so it was just because of the people that I was around yeah. that yeah. got me into all of it. But it wasn't my goal. My goal was just to do a ski base jump. Yeah. And then I ended up, you know, liking all these other disciplines because they're so closely connected to where if you do this, then, I mean, like not everyone at the drop zone flies wingsuits. It's a smaller percentage of mm-hmm. the people at the drop zone that do that. And then it's a smaller percentage of the people that do speed flying as well. But you know, after skydiving, people are like, oh, well, now that's closed. Now what are we going to do? Well, we're going to go for a flight or we're going to go do this. And so you find yourself doing these other disciplines, mm-hmm. you know. It's almost seasonal. Which one? Like you, like you said, you're going to do the flight and then like that's closed. And then so now you're going to go to the cliffs or whatever. Yeah, where, oh, does, yes. where does things close or why? Weather. No, no. Can you rephrase that so I understand? Okay. Um, you said like, oh, so this um activities closed so oh, yeah, you yeah. Move to that. So, like so seasonality to it no or? like for the day for like oh. so, oh, oh, so gotcha so the drop zone if nobody's jumping 
then they pull the planes they down. Pull the, and yeah, they pull the plug. If there's a not not enough people to load the plane, or or they don't have tandems, or to make it worth the fuel, yeah, the yeah, fuel cost yeah. and everything. Exactly, there should be up. so many people mm-hmm. to fill the plane. Gotcha, gotcha. You know? And okay, so make it worth so that's, it. Yeah. You know? So that's what you meant and by closed. That's what I mean by closed. And, like, yeah, we'll just and go over the wind's... do this other extreme ass shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> my ABC, tank, my yeah. tank is not full. Let's get up there and do this. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, well, the the thing is too is like in Hawaii, where I learned a, a lot of these sports. Um, a lot of people are just there to work, so they're working tandems or they're working flying camera for tandems, or things along those lines, and they've been working all day. You're like, I mean, it sounds weird to be like, oh, skydiving's work, but yeah, when yeah, they're okay. they're done with it, you know, yeah. now they want to go do something for themselves. Right. Uh, so they go to the cliffs because the wind's the right direction and their speed they're speed riding, but the wind is so strong that they're ridge soaring on these small small wings. The wind mm-hmm. is blowing actually, you know, twenty miles an hour, twenty five mm-hmm. miles an hour. So on these small That's wings, a good gust. it is. Yeah. And so with these small wings, you can actually get lift. Yeah, it's right. called ridge soaring, and you scratch the ridge, and you and you just go back and forth, and you catch, you know, and you're up there. Like my first flight, that was sorry, my second flight was my first flight was only like thirty seconds. It was a sled ride. The next day we went, and it was like we were up there an hour and a half. Oh, my man, my second so flight, cool. it was it was ridiculous. Wow. I was like, what the. Fuck? you know i mean my my first like five turns back and forth i'm all what the hell you know i'm used to a skydive canopy which you're just going down yeah you know and now i'm going up depending on flying flying soaring soaring yeah Yeah. soaring and so and uh like the first four goes back and forth i was just super just terrified yeah terrified rigid Mm -hmm. stiff and then once like I relaxed, trying, trying to enjoy yourself, but not really. Man, I don't know if I was trying to, I was trying to just survive. survive. I, I was trying to just make <laughs> sure I didn't die. do a bad decision, yeah. do something I shouldn't, mm-hmm. you know? And so, but then, yeah, you get a little more comfortable after a few passes and you're like, oh, wow, this is pretty amazing. That's so pretty like I said, fun. I found myself doing these things that I never intended to do just because of the community and the people around that, mm-hmm. the influence, the influence. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Let's take one more quick break and we could get into Create 38. The Treehouse AK, your one-stop dispensary located at 341 Boniface Parkway. Be sure to ask the bud tender about their deal of the day because honestly, there's always something good on deck. And guys, listen, this is where the culture lives. At the Treehouse, their dedication to servicing consumers has been developed through a lifetime of involvement in the cannabis culture. They're committed to providing the highest quality products at whatever value your budget affords, while always maintaining the deep-rooted principles that have carried them this far. Their focus is on relationships over transactions, and you can always depend on them to treat you with the respect you deserve. Hit them up at thetreehouseak.com, and remember, you must be 21 years of age to enter their store. Tailored Restoration, 24-hour emergency home services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Tailored has an emergency response number with trained professionals available to help you at any time, day or night. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Make an appointment today at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Since 2008, Serrano's is Anchorage's own new generation of Old Cocina. 
Their menu showcases the passion and love of their rich heritage and unique family recipes that have been passed down through the generations. Serrano's goal is to embrace and display trad flavors using the best ingredients that are available. They focus on making everything from scratch daily. In-house menu includes handcrafted corn tortillas, salsas, carne asada, and chorizo. But don't take their word for it. Experience their tradition and sabor for yourself. Locations on Tudor and Northern Lights, both with new tequila bars. Check out their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. The Connoisseur Lounge, located in the heart of Palmer, Alaska. The Connoisseur Lounge is Palmer's first locally owned and operated cannabis retailer. Their beautiful store is located at 226 Evergreen Avenue. The Connoisseur Lounge has exclusive cannabis products such as Snowcap Romance, Aurora Haze, Super Glue, and one of our favorites, Sugar Cookies. And if you're not into the flower, the connoisseur can hook you up with edibles, vape supplies, and a ton of CBD options for all your health and inflammation needs. Check out their daily deals at theconnoisseurlounge.net, or even better, stop by the lounge today. Remember, you must be 21 years of age to enter their Are you store. Unhealthy? You're used to eating unhealthy. You're saying? Yeah, if you're used to eating, not necessarily even unhealthy, but if you're. Not up here. Not even necessarily if you're used to eating unhealthy, but uh-huh. if your diet, if you're not eating for uh, specific nutrition, uh-huh. nutritional value, your taste buds have a different. They're accustomed to a different flavor profile. Mm. You know, uh-huh. and so, um, yeah. <laughs> so, I forgot where I was going with that, but um, we're well, talking well, about the flavoring in versus nutrition. Oh yeah. So yeah. so essentially. Um, when you start getting accustomed to this type of uh, food bar, you, it's, it's a no-brainer. I don't even think about, oh, what's the flavor? It's like, oh, this tastes like power, like food, like mm. energy. Like, this tastes like what it should taste like. Yeah. You know, you're not like, oh, this tastes like the palate makes me want to eat more. Mm-hmm. It's like, which I've noticed. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed that when you eat things that aren't very calorically dense, you tend to want to eat more of them, almost like a bag of potato chips. It's like you don't want yeah. to stop. It's yeah. very empty. cheesy dibbles. It's very it's empty. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like I think subconsciously your body knows you're not getting anything. Eat more. Like Where, popcorn. Like popcorn. I just was crushing but if popcorn. I, last but if night. I eat one yeah. of these, like it's yeah. not even like that it's that much. But you're like, oh wow, it's I'm satiated. Mm-hmm. Like I don't feel like I need to keep eating anything. Not. It's not like I want to quit eating this and go get a bag of chips or something else. Like I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. You well, know? I, I've been actually, so we, we had these this weekend and, and Chad left a small pack of a variety with me and I had three. So I had one Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I left them on my workbench in my garage and I was just making sure I pluck one and then jump in the truck and eat it on the way to work, which is a very, very short commute for me. Can crush the bar. And I was curious to see how long, because I've been fasting. I've been fasting for months, and it's not working, as you guys can see. <laughs> um, for me, um, maybe I'm not doing it right. I'm not sure. Are you doing the intermittent? No. It's just hard. Just, you know, I'm like, eh, coffee, work till 2, eat, and then, you know, finish work, and then go home and have dinner at like 6, 37 o'clock. Yeah. And well, that is intermittent fasting. Yeah. You eat I, yeah, in a window. I mean, I know, but it's... The key is not smoke and then eat a bagel at midnight. What? <laughs> so half a jar of peanut butter and pretzels is I not part of the process? The key to intermittent <laughs> fasting is that you try keto first and get your body fat adapted. So now your yeah. body can either run keto or you can run off carbs. And last time and I did it, it worked when I did that. Um, so back to the bar, I was curious just to see 
how long one of these bars would tide me over. Mm-hmm. So I actually was paying attention to that every single day this week. So I'd eat this bar at like 7.45 on my way to work, and I'd start feeling hungry at about 1.30. And I thought that was pretty impressive. Yep. Yeah. You know, I'm like, shit, man. And I, I'm not like sitting my ass at the desk all day. I have my little stretches of time where I'm in front of my computer. But I walk around. I move. I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm very active at work. Yep. I'm not lifting cinder blocks. I'm not shoveling dirt. I'm not working hard. But you're busy. I'm busy. I'm yeah. moving and grooving and doing my thing. And um, more than anything, and like, I, I mean, I'm not like we're here promoting Create 38 because this is a badass product. But I'm being real when I say mental focus was at a premium for me the last three days during my mornings. Like, I couldn't be more focused, and I have been not, I've not been eating in the mornings. Yep. I've just been drinking coffee and running on E and then going into my day, and, and you adapt to that. But having a little something in you to, to digest and then get in your bloodstream and then your sugars and everything are balancing out, like... I mean, I've been dialed these last couple of mornings. It makes sense. It, when, you, when you look at oh what, gosh. The, what the bar is designed to do and what we supplement into the bar, mm-hmm. there's a reason why we call it infusion fuel because we mm-hmm. add things into the recipe so that you're getting more vitamins and minerals along with 14 different strains of probiotics and mm. honeybee products, royal jelly, propolis, and uh, raw unadulterated honey. So all of these things, especially on an empty stomach, you're tuning your body up every morning before you get going. Mm. Instead of yep. putting something in it that's hard to digest, you're putting something in your body that's raw. It has mm-hmm. live enzymatic activity in it, easy to digest. Yeah, zero upset ha- has, stomach. Yep, none. None. Ha- you know, has all the right vitamins and minerals to optimize Krebs cycle or Krebs efficiency, which is the breakdown from glucose into ATP yeah. or adenosine mm-hmm. triphosphate. Mm-hmm. So with all these components into it, it's like, man, why? I mean... Is it Best. pretty much the opposite of the Jimmy Dean croissant? It is. <laughs> <laughs> Those are tasty. They make you fall asleep in a coma. But, but you know what? If you eat one of these bars before that, and then you eat that, you won't fall asleep You'll and have be a good. coma yeah. Because, yeah. because you're already jump started and you're and you're going. So, but the, but the thing is, is after you eat one of these bars, then you may not want to eat that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, you don't need it. I mean, I I I drink my two or three, even sometimes four cups of coffee in the morning, and then. It kind of, I haven't been eating in breakfast and I'm now I'm like, I need something in the mornings. I've decided like that is like perfect. So I'm not a breakfast guy. I don't eat a lot of food in the morning, but that was just the right, just little right something in there that like I ate it and forgot. Yep. I didn't feel digestion. It didn't give me gas. It didn't make me burp. It didn't like, or you don't even like, feel full. Oh, no, no, I mean, it's just, just kinda... it, it instantly forgot about it. And then. You, it just seems like your the body really, really, really absorbs it in a very efficient way. It does, and, and also yeah. a lot of things that I don't think that we're taught. It's like in order for your body to absorb all the things that you that you're eating or taking in, you need to chew. You know, your saliva typically yeah. breaks down your food. Mm. Digestive enzymes let you know, hey, there's something here. So if people are taking vitamins and stuff on an empty stomach and they're not chewing and they're not doing this, yeah. there's a reason why they say, like, chew your smoothies. Yeah. You oh, know? okay. I don't know if you've ever heard that or not. No. But yeah, it's a thing because you're if you just drink something down, you're not taking Breaking it sublingually. Breaking it down in any yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's like you're straight it's just, from it's into just, the stomach. Yeah, it's like you're, you're, it hasn't even activated anything in your brain to let you know that you've done anything. Yeah. 
I wonder if that's why the yeah. Jimmy Dean is so weird because it's like three bites. Damn good. Well, the thing is, we're not like car- we're not like dogs. Dogs are different. Dogs don't need to. Uh, they just use their teeth to tear the meat off of and, and swallow it. You, it they don't actually swallow. have to sublingually break it down, or their saliva doesn't activate or do that. From mm-hmm. what I understand, it, oh, I've seen yeah. many dogs pull wrong. something off no, of a countertop and like it's just gulp. swallow. It's constantly a <laughs> slobber. Oh yeah, God. you know, looking at that the ingredients, it it remind me of uh, my college days and uh, biochemistry. And you see this ATP addition here the create 38 ATP blend. And yep. what I remembered about ATP was that was the ultimate energy for your body on, in terms of like how on a muscular cell level, how you convert your food and water into energy in your muscles. Yep. It's what your muscles use for contraction, right? At the cellular level, that's where you get your energy. So how, can you nerd out a little bit and tell us a little bit more about that ATP blend and how you came up with it? And this is the first time I've ever seen it in a food and a food product. Yeah, so so what this does is, so it nourishes the ATP, the cycle, the Krebs cycle, or the citrus cycle. So there's a lot of vitamins and minerals in going through the process of the citrus cycle that you have to plug into to get optimization of ATP production. It uses like so much vitamin B1, so much vitamin B2, and it goes through this whole process called the Krebs cycle. So what this bar does is it nourishes that process so you get maximum ATP production. And, right. and so it nourishes it with the right amount. Right. So it's almost like uh, a fuel additive to get more gas mileage in mm. your car. Yeah, there right. we you're go. running more that, efficient. You know, that clicked yeah. for me. Yeah. I'm like, wow, you guys are speaking <laughs> Japanese. Yes. I'm trying to yeah. <laughs> watch your lips talking. I was like, bam, click. Fuel Gasoline. additive. I, yes. I, can, I can definitely relate with that. It's Onions okay. on the hot dog. You're saying we're going we to be able to go <laughs> further, flavor. deeper, steeper. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm curious. I'm curious because I, I do a lot of intermittent <laughs> fasting, especially my work, like, I'm not trying to eat a hot dog every day, and I don't get out of work. My first break is like two thirty, so I'm thinking if I can, and I like to eat around one o'clock. If I can have one of this, one of these at one o'clock, it's going to extend my before I have like, yep, you know, Taco King. I would say a hundred, a hundred percent. Like, I mean, when you said it lasts you about three to four hours, is yeah. what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. That's that's about what I've said, and that seems to be the very consistent thing. Dr. Joe Carson, which we use his honeybee products, and he helps with certain consulting and talking about you know different aspects with with the honeybee products and and how to utilize them. He ran the Iditarod, I think it was three years ago, maybe four years ago, and this was before we had our new formula that we're dealing with now that you see in front of us. We had a, up until last month or two months ago, everything was handmade. Oh, we're, wow. I, I was still hand making things, getting things out there. Just basically, I'd already tested the market. I knew yeah. that there was there was value that we could add to the market mm-hmm. with the product. Um, it's just that as being a, a one man show, getting to this process, you know. So, but getting back to Dr. Joe Carson is he had the original bar that didn't have honeybee products in it. It just had the vitamin and mineral formula or the ATP formula mm. into it, and it was a three ounce bar which Natural Pantry still carries that. Okay. But, they'll, but they will be carrying this one here, hopefully, this week. Um, but he noticed on the Iditarod, he would eat a bar every three to four hours. That was his regimen. And I forget, I think he was eating like six bars a day. Wow. You know, while doing the Iditarod. And um, yeah, that's what, that's what fueled him. And that yeah. was it. 
I mean, is he I, adding I, I wouldn't, like I would, a dinner or something at I'm the sure, end? I'm sure you know I, he was eating other things, but that was his I mean, on, the on the go. go. When he yeah. was when he was on the sled going, yeah, he would fuel. he would already have it out of the package and he grab it and have it in his chest pocket so it wasn't frozen solid. That being said, these bars do not for being twenty below, they still stay relatively soft. Yeah, yeah. I, you know. I did notice that that it wasn't like super like I mean it's dense with a lot of stuff in there, but it's not hard. Oh, yeah, it's, it's not like a hockey very, puck. It's not yeah. like yeah. Yeah. no, it's and, like that, a, and that's part of the design as well is having something that that's easy to eat without having to wash down yeah. mm-hmm. with twenty oh, ounces yeah. of water. Yep, yeah. it's not chalky or exactly. It's like a um, you, you ever eat like one of those like kind of cheap prepackaged brownies? Mm. You know, you have like a homemade it has brownie. Happened. I don't like to admit to that. But no, yeah. I mean, yeah, of course, yeah, same of course. Here. come on. Come of course, on. yes. But it's it, very I've never had that, that. that texture. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> now, these things sat in our packs in the sun for like hours and then cracked those things open. Oh, man. They go down smooth yeah. in the sun. <laughs> no, they were they just do. like so soft. I was like, oh, yeah, damn. Man. And the flavor's like. Really spark up, you know. It is, yeah. Like, I, I just drove. Uh, so we also you saw it outside the Crate Thirty Eight Adventure Van. Oh yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. yeah I so I saw. Oh, it. you guys, you guys got to look at the inside before we go home tonight. Okay, dude, that thing is fucking pimp, dude. It is, but I was like, st- for such a small little package, there's a lot. Kind of like the bars, there's a lot in it. There's a yeah. lot going on, man. Like that thing is. We just keep like, the theme the same. You all know? right, all right. But when I was in Vegas and I had packing so a punch, I, <laughs> but. Uh, Show name. <laughs> and, but the heat in Vegas, the story you're saying about them being in your pack for oh, hours yeah, at a time. Yeah. In Vegas, I mean, it's the first time I actually got to try the bar in warm weather. Oh. Because like warm, it, warm weather. Yeah. yeah. And it does. It's it's war- it tastes it's really good. Yeah. It's like it just came out of the oven almost. It's uh-huh. just like it, exactly it intensifies right. the flavors. Yep. And then of course I had to put them in the uh, the refrigerator in the van because I wanted to make sure that they didn't I didn't know what was going to happen to them. Yeah, so oh, I would have a, so I would have a couple of them just out of the refrigerator, totally different flavor profile. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes like mm. three seconds before you can even taste it. You're like chewing on it, and then like, wait, hold on, uh-huh. feel, oh, there we go, and then it starts, you know, yeah. going through that process. But even though they're cold, they're still easy to eat. Yep. Okay. You know, versus if I thought about other brands, which I won't mention. Sure. But. If I think about eating those out of uh, refrigeration or cold weather, oh, hockey puck, hockey puck. Yeah, yep. I know, you know exactly what you're thinking. It's like, thinking am I going to chip? Am I going to chip a tooth? Yeah, yep. gotcha. You know? Have you ever had to bust one out a mid wingsuit flight? <laughs> no, but I've been. <laughs> I've been <laughs> you know, I'm kind of hungry up here. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, but I've, been, I've been meaning to do some things, but none <laughs> of the good advertising. Every time I want to do something, none of the other teammates want to do it. I feel like the black sheep or something. I'm like, hey, why don't we like pass around a bar like in the sky and then try to eat something like. Nah, we're just gonna. I'm gonna want to do that. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of like and worried then, about my angle. Yeah. And the angle, and, and then you go see Red Bull, and those guys are flying. They'll like open up a can and like, like try to fly with them. Like I want to do something cool like that. Yeah. And, and all my guys, they're like, nah, we don't want to do that. We'll just wait till we're on the ground. That's all funny. Right. You know. uh, I'll go ahead, Jack. Well, I was just gonna ask a little bit more about like the foundation, like h- how it yeah. came about. Yeah. And Great who, question. You That's know, what I like, know do you have like a group of? dudes that are passionate or people that are passionate about it and uh 
and then how it like kind of progressed to where it is the history like, yeah yeah mm-hmm. the, like of what part of the company or the or the way that i market it because kind of there's kind of two separate they they definitely go together but which one do we want to start at the here? vision to you know the vision getting to, to where we are today mm, to the see. pimped out van man to the pimped out van. keep well, the marketing started with the subaru yeah yeah like <laughs> you want like like well i guess i mean the kind of conceptualization of having or building a product or a brand started at the drop zone. Mm. You know, I just remember, you know, being around other sponsored athletes and everyone was always so focused, not so focused, but there was a focus of, well, how can I be a Red Bull athlete or how can I be this? Or, you know, like everyone like Mm. idolizes certain brands, right? even though they don't even use the product. Mm-hmm. But oh. they did. But they just mm-hmm. want to be like the cool kid, right? right. Yep. They want you know? free free uh, rides up. Yeah, they want they want their lifestyle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. They want their lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's excellent, Brandon. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's, the, yeah. that's the point of branding. <laughs> it yeah. is. Yep. And mm-hmm. and so I started thinking, well, you know, well, I wanted to be a cool kid, but I didn't yeah. want to be. I didn't want to drink that stuff. Yeah. Or I didn't want to do that. So I was like, well, how can we? How can I? What can I design? that fits within what I value that mm-hmm. I think I could bring value to other people and what they need right? in a healthy way, like sustainable. Mm-hmm. Like how can we feed our mind, our body in, in something that, that does it with those values? Yeah. yeah. You yep. know, that we yep. want that we still want to be a part of because mm-hmm. when I think of like, like, you know, uh, what's the best way to say it? healthy products you kind of miss out on like do i want to be a part of that mm-hmm. it's like it looks like granola or it looks like it doesn't yeah. look that cool right yeah you know yep. it looks like yeah. oh um, yeah, you you got you know like did you ever see the eddie murphy thing where the he's talking about the burger and he's like my mom would get out this burger you don't need mcdonald's and she makes oh, yeah, this yeah, tiny yeah. burger <laughs> you know you're, you're gonna feel like that like no one wants the home-cooked burger that looks yeah. uncool they want the mcdonald's yeah with the but, cool wrapper but, but which one's better for you yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. I really worked on my vision was designing something that was something that you could make at home that would be just as healthy as that, but yet look like the cool kid brand. Yeah. And so that's what I did. That's, that's what I came analogy. to design. Yeah. And um, and this is, you know, I hate to say that I've been working on this for eight years, or I, but it's been a long process. Yeah. Uh, yeah putting yeah. this together and art takes time. It takes a lot more time than I thought. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, every step of the way has been a lot larger process than I guess that I was ready for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought I could design a wrapper, put a food product in it that I wanted, and, like, I'd be off and going. Everybody yeah, would yeah. buy it. Yeah. yeah. What, you know? And when you're going about that and you are you got your idea and, you you know, you you have some creativity that you're always like pulling for other from other inspiration or resources, what, like, what are some of those that kind of? impacted you can you say that another way so i can like you know how that uh the sled dog dude what was his name the musher the doctor yeah, dr joe carson yeah dr Do- dr joe carson like that was probably someone who maybe inspired you in one way yep. or with the honeybee products inside of that like total inspiration of like what honeybees do like i, did, I don't know if you guys are familiar with what honeybees do yeah it's incredible. We do. Oh, we got to be Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. The not just uh, what they do, but the products that they produce and the value that they add to to the universe. Yeah. Or to Earth. Or <laughs> right. Right. You know. Yeah. And um. And so learning that from him, mm-hmm. which he's a fourth generation beekeeper, is 
is incredible because not all honey's the same. Nope. You're right. No. Like, right. Even, yeah. even, like there's so many nanoparticulants that are found in honey that I had no idea. Like people, like he was just telling me this today. Um, when you're around airports and you have honeybees and hives, there's so much fuel that's in the air that gets dropped. That's on layers of snow mm. that gets absorbed into oh. into the honey from the nectar and the nanoparticulates. I'm not saying that that like that little amount's horrible for you. I'm just saying that if you don't like certain beekeepers, if they're not very uh, cognizant of where they put their hives, yeah, then they're getting pollution from the area, right? And mm. when you have countries like China or different places that just mass produce stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, not yeah. all honey's the same. Right. Oh, yeah. There's a lot the of manipulation within the honey industry, I guess, from what I'm told. Right. And you know, I'm not oh, the expert in honey, but from how they, that's why when you have real unadulterated, unadulterated meaning nothing done to it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Truly raw. Truly raw. It hasn't been mixed. Nothing's <laughs> added. They haven't been feeding their bees uh, sugar pizza. water. Yeah. Where you have a sugar water run. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. so. Like I said, there's a lot that goes into it. They can they can deconstruct honey to take out all the nanoparticulates from a certain region to where it's almost like a clear honey, and then mix that to another type of honey that has those particulates from that area, so that it seems like it's from that area. Oh. And now they have it's like how does manuka honey have three times the amount of production to sell than they actually produce? Right? How does that happen? Oh. Like. Mm. Well, something is going on. Yeah, yeah, I don't know yeah. what, but something, you know. <laughs> but if you measure it, it, it doesn't have, you know, particulates from other areas. Right. So it's kind of like, what is going on? Yeah. You know? But, yeah, so there's a lot of manipulation with cut yeah. and people doing stuff. So so having a honey source. Uh, so, like you said, the inspiration from someone like Dr. Joe Carson for that part of the product or the inspiration from uh, the ATP formula and understanding uh, – being a biochemist of what he did to design yeah. stuff for the Krebs cycle and Krebs right. efficiency. So I did, I took different components and kind of blended them together. I mean, initially the initial thing was I had licensed a uh, ATP product in a capsule formula. Oh, oh, and you asked me a question. Did you have the guys capsules? have the capsules? I'm like, yes. uh, I didn't. Yep. So, yeah. so, that, so I, I initially licensed that uh-huh. and then I learned a lot about, just those components of what what's going on with that and i started running out of that formula because the manufacturer sent me all the product and they forgot to put spacers in between the labels so in shipping when i got them everything was smudged oh Oh, what so i had a whole shipment of 1500 bottles that were just like you couldn't even sell it yeah and so look like a mushed up bottle yeah. yeah and so so i had to i had like i forget how many i had i had a couple cases of the product while they were fixing that problem, yeah, it yeah. took them almost a year to fix. Oh, I, that's like way I said, too long. Way too long. But again, that's part of the, yeah. the stumbling mm-hmm. box. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, how can I stretch my product out? Yeah. And I came up with, well, why don't I put it into a food product? Yeah. I was like, oh, oh, I can yeah. stretch out now 120 capsules per bottle to 120 bars. Yeah. yeah. And I can still market my brand without having a dead point. Yeah. Yeah. Without being stalled out, I just transitioned while this was going on. So then that got me into the understanding, well, like we were saying, chewing your smoothie. It's like, well, you're actually going to absorb it, maximum absorption, if you put it in something when you're chewing. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it got me to thinking 
you know, all the problems that I've, or problems, all the challenges I've had have allowed me to look at this from a different standpoint to where I've learned more about what we need instead uh-huh. of just what I wanted, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Yeah. Yep. And yeah, so from a product standpoint. Exactly. Yeah. So then when I'm out, so yeah, so that's kind of like been a little bit of that progression mm. into, you know, going from a capsule into a food yeah. and, and doing it that way. Yeah. Yeah, you you can like run into like a series of like fortunate mistakes or like these weird premonitions or like you know running into like this doctor or whoever these other passionate people that can help you increase your product or, or like progress your product to a place that you didn't imagine it going or a new direction and all that is while you're doing it you're just it's a series of surprises but then in the end it's typically like oh this is where we're supposed to be exactly Mm -hmm. and i think what helps that process if you're not focused on like being the victim role like this didn't go my way like what's going on you know instead of being like okay well that's happening now what can i do to move forward yeah instead of being stuck in the Mm -hmm. in the mindset of like this always happens to me or why does this happen to me or like what am i gonna do now just being like, oh well, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep moving somewhere, and yep. like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. It's not over just because that happened. It's like, what can I fill my my time with? Yeah, you know, yeah. I got I got so many cases left. How can I stretch this? Yeah, yeah. well, and, I, and still and still be you know, like, still be congruent with like the direction of what I want to be. Yeah, your principles that and, yeah of that of the brand. Yeah, of the integrity of the brand. Totally, you know. Well, when I think about like um, consumption of the nutrition and the product in a pill form versus food, I know there's like a lot of folks that have like phobias of like pills. Yep. Some people just don't like, yeah, yeah, like Mm -hmm. they don't take aspirin or Tylenol. They'd like rather suffer with a sore ankle or a headache. Yeah, they, they don't like, like the stigma of taking something. Uh, they, there's yeah. something attached to like taking pill something. popping or yeah, whatever you exactly, want. They, yeah. they like think that. Yeah. And and, I, may, and maybe there's a reason. Maybe someone in their family had some some issues. Yeah, and so eating is like way more natural. It is, and, and like I said, you get more absorption through yep. that process. That's I, what people love eating. Do. Yeah, you know, Americans we love to eat. Yep. Oh yeah, <laughs> I want to ask about the um, taco bar and the mm-hmm. Italian pizza. Ooh, man. As I was looking man. through your thing, yeah. I was like, "This, you got some crazy flavors." So that, so that flavor. Where so did I see that? It's yeah, up, right up, up, up. There's one. Yep. So those are the handmade bars. Those are the. So <laughs> I'm, they're like in a clear package or something. They are. Like, they have. A, they have a zip seal bag on them. So oh. they're actually in three slices. So. Oh damn! So you a lot can, more calories in that one then, huh? Yeah, those are four hundred and twenty calories per bar. Ooh. Oh wow! So yeah. you can break them down a little bit because yeah. these are two fifty, I think. Yes. Yeah. And these are one point eight ounce versus those are three ounce. Okay. Oh, you know, but the, but the taco right. bar and the pizza bar. Um, so that's our original bar, and it's vegan. So there's no honey bee products in it. There's no honey. It's uh, oh vegan or honey's not vegan. Nope. Okay, because it comes from animal. Exactly. That's right. Oh, oh shit, I didn't dude, think about I didn't that. Think anything of that either. Yep. Or it comes from an insect, but that is still part of what vegans are. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I say hardcore vegan, but a vegan's a vegan. Yeah, it's either you're not truly vegan. Yeah, or you're vegan. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, I didn't yeah. Even think about like, that. Yeah, but That's so right. we no. so we use agave nectar in those. And um, oh, okay. And that those bars, uh, I realized. I mean, I'm always just kind of like trying different stuff, but I realized with the people that like those two flavors are typically more of your earthier, more individuals that, that are 
trying to think of a better word to, to put a label on people. It's not coming yeah. to me at the moment, but but people that are just more into like home home foods, the granola home meals. people. Granola, that's a good better term for it. Yeah, yeah. and uh, um, hippie type granola people like those more than just say Girdwood. Girdwood people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I know you're trying to be PC, but look, there's like well, an I individual that is going to people that don't like the birthday cake flavors. Correct. Yeah, you know, you those you is yep. the best way to put yep. it. Anti-sugar. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and and typically vegans, people that yeah. don't eat meat. You know, and and so I've had people Almost eat those that are like, oh wow, like, you know, they because they're gluten free, and because they taste like pizza. I've had people in those, those communities be like, wow, I haven't had pizza in ten years, and this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, awesome. and then yeah, but yeah. then but yeah, then yeah, people yeah. that do eat those things are like, eh, I'm not so sure about that one. Yeah, yeah. You know, so <laughs> not really. Yeah, pizza. that one. I was yeah. like, bro, I, you know, my eyebrow went up. I was like, whoa, oh man, I I really want to try that though. But I tell you what, when you're when you're out in the field and you want a different flavor and different palates, mm. you know, you're you you appreciate a lot more yeah. when you're out in the field versus when you're in town yeah. and you can go get a slice of pizza. Yeah. 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 You know, so <laughs> yeah. I, on I, the mountain is 6,000 feet. That's like a piece of coast pizza. Yes. Like that yeah. thing is just going down. <laughs> I brought these guys like a bacon cookie and they, they were like, we did like a taste test to, and I was like, Hey, what's in this? And, uh, man, we need a bar with some bacon in it. Bacon bar. That's what oh, I want. Bacon, bacon or a cup of cola bar. or something. Oh, oh yeah. Yep. Man. Good idea. Damn. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Bacon so jacked there. up bar. But does that answer your question with those flavors? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. That's cool. So, so where are you at now as far as um, distribution and, and and your goals that you have for your company? Um, are you near? Are you still expanding? Are you looking for more distribution? Like, yeah, where so do you I feel mean, you're at? Well, so I just we just got these these bars mass produced like this is our first run okay. i, I kind of call it our pilot run you know it's somewhere along sixteen thousand bars which sounds like a lot yeah. but when you start putting it into 12 bar boxes and yeah. 12 box cases mm-hmm. it's not as many as you think what does totally. it look like the you whole know? wall right there you said no, sixteen thousand. yep it yeah. look it looks like four pallets it looks like four pallets yeah, okay with 25 yep. boxes on them yeah okay. yeah gotcha you know which yeah. isn't that much yeah you know um and so this is the first initial run that i've done and i'm still working on perfecting like i mean i'm i'm always looking like oh man like that needs to be changed just a little here yes you know? yeah. yeah and so it's kind of I'm, I'm glad that there's a couple adjustments that i still need to make before i just full go charging but i'm us- utilizing this run to get mm-hmm. larger accounts all right so this is oh. the run to get to you know to get to go to uh to three bears and to get to go to yep. larger individuals that REI, will get or- rei or costco i'm not quite sure if it's a costco type brand but i guess we'll have to yeah. see Costco's yeah, been going more and more sure local. That, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, I you mean know? they're they have in the beer section. I mean it's a double shovels there, King Street, Midnight Sun. I mean they got tons of it. They're they're going more that way over the last. Well, couple I did of years. talk to Bob Ripley. Um, that managed the one on Diamond. I uh-huh. Yeah, and so so we're working in those areas. Yeah, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. I just I also want to make sure that I can fulfill those amounts. Yes. before before I just. Get so gung ho happy Costco. that we got them. Yeah, yeah. Like no, I got like we need more. Yeah, I got to make yeah. sure that I can live up to my end of the deal. Yeah, before I fully commit to those things. Because yeah. if you if you get if you get a contract and you can't fulfill it, yeah. then it's not good. No, yeah. Yeah. it's not. That yeah. looks bad yeah. on you. Get dropped. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that does, it's hard know, to no, come back from that. Exactly. So I'd rather take it slower and make sure that we can fulfill the clients that we, right. that we onboard. Yeah. You know, we're all, we're, you know, obviously we're always looking for someone, you know, uh, brand ambassadors that really believe in the product yeah. that want to get out there and help market and push that. Sure. You know, that's kind of like, you know, the awareness. Gotcha. That's the biggest yep. thing right now that I find my challenge is the awareness of the product mm. because what, what is in the bar? Like, it's hard. Like, how do you market what's in this bar? Yeah. How do you market the value of that within one sentence where you can keep someone's attention? Right. Yeah. You know what it's Especially for those that aren't really sure. Like you're going to have folks that know what's in there and they're going to be pumped and they're going to mm-hmm. go after it. But then you're going to have the guy that's like, I want that stuff, but like, give me something like the honey. That to me is like probably the biggest product that people can grasp onto mm-hmm. because they can... You know, they know that there's nutritional value in that. They understand that. tastes good. They understand that. Yep. Yep. I agree. Yeah, that's probably like the linchpin of it. So maybe that focusing on that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The honeybee products, you know? Yeah. But so, yeah. So So where are you manufacturing? Yeah, go ahead, Jack. Uh, Down in California. In California? Mm Mm-hmm. And then you're going to do all West Coast or? Well, so so like I said, I drove the van from California up through Vegas, spent some time in Vegas, and uh, I really think that's a great market area for this product. There's a lot of people moving into to Vegas, a lot of big sports teams, uh-huh. a lot of people from California that have sold their homes that have a lot of money for extra stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're getting four times the home right. for the same price yeah. or for way even cheaper. Yeah. You know, so I think it's a great market for, and a lot of people in California do have that health conscious mindset a lot more yep. Yep. than the original people in Vegas. Sure. Yeah. You know, or the tourists. In Vegas. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that's a great market. We've, t- we, we have the opportunity to go into one of the larger gyms there that has seven locations. Okay. And um, I am currently just working on getting all that criteria of what they need and, pulling the trigger yeah so i'm excited I've, nice. we have to do demos there so we have to get booths set up and i live in alaska so yeah, yeah. and i just left there so it's kind yeah. of a, uh, yeah. a little bit of a Logistical making it happen yeah. 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 well i so, think the angle with the um super intense adventure like wingsuit stuff like mm. being connected to that and and as i look at a lot of your marketing and advertising and stuff like you're you're using a lot of those pictures and and obviously you sponsored some wingsuits and some stuff like that like that's that's super creative and like what a good angle well and really yeah. it's, it's really i mean totally. i guess i did kind of sponsor it but it's also just all my friends yeah right yeah, well, i mean it's like it's such an organic marketing tool yeah. of what we what they we're support doing you right yeah and yep. and i support them like you know what i mean yeah. we're all like when this thing as it gets going i mean we all want to live this lifestyle and have fun yeah absolutely you know man. and so and so that's you know like the synergy and the partnerships that you have of the people that believe in you that you believe in is i've had it's been really great to be a part of having these guys help support. Yeah. yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that's how we started marketing it was because what I, it's what I did. Yeah. You know, it's like, yep. I don't, I mean, skydivers are not the target here of the people buying the product. No. You know, but it's just the low There's hanging so fruit of, of marketing guys. it mm-hmm. to what I was doing. Yep. So one of the challenges is, is like, how do we take that and lend it over? Because I, I spoke to this girl in Vegas at this coffee store last week and there were two women that, just saw the bars in my pack and they said something about, Oh, look, he has bars in his pack. And I was like, so I just used that as an opener to be like, Hey ladies, like, you know, gave him a couple bars. Like, Oh, well, we we're just talking about you. I was like, Oh, great. So I got their opinions on it. And one of them is a marathon runner. Perfect. And the other one is Pilates and yoga. And so 
the plot is the so the the information that I got was from the marathon runner. She looks at infusion fuel and she's like, I know exactly what it is. I'm stoked. The yoga and the Pilates girl was like, I have no idea what that means. Yeah. Yep. She's like, this looks like Red Bull and it mm. doesn't look healthy for you. But then I look at it and I read, wow, probiotics, raw jelly, propolis, raw honey. And she's like, these are all the ingredients that I want. Yeah. But the package turned her off right. as far as not thinking. Mm. It didn't turn her off, but it didn't key like her in. Yeah. Yeah. That that's what mm -hmm. was in it. Yeah. Your first so, impression wasn't quite. Yes. And so. Yeah. But that's kind of what I want. You know what I mean? Because it's like the goal of it was to like, how can we get these ski bums and skydivers to eat healthier than they are? The yoga people are already eating healthy, you know? Yeah, so it's like, yeah. how can we, how yeah. can we get something better for the people that really need it? Yeah. You yeah. know? And so, so it, it, although when I hear those other things about like, oh man, I'm missing out on, I'm being able to like really get this group of people to understand what's in yeah. it. Um, you, know, yeah. you almost have to rebrand the the beat one like with like more of like an earthly Earth tone thing. you know right. yeah. and then keep the other one <laughs> like hybrid and well I, I do notice like some brands will have they'll have like an off brand of like yeah. two different sectors but i don't know i'll i'll to brainstorm on this it's a challenge yeah no, I, I think the brand pops you know that's that's my first impression of it um, you know, when Chad busted the bars out, you, you want a bar, and I'm mean, like, he threw it to me. You're right, kind of looked like a Red Bull can. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. We were talking about these, and I'm looking, and I'm like, all right, man, it's got like a nice flashy look. And on the the wingsuits, that was, those look fucking cool. Like, those things are like, the way you angled them, and you could see the, you know, the, the Create 38 on the side, like, now seeing them on those, and I can appreciate the branding even more now they see them on the wingsuits. But I, I thought they were cool. They popped. They're flashy. It, it's, like, something you want to look at the packaging, flip it over. And it was really cool about what Chad did. He remembered my, like, allergy issues. Mm. Like, instantly, he, so he went to give me a bar, and he's like, hold on a second. Are you allergic to any of this stuff? And I'm like, you remember all that shit? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so he's like, I don't see hemp seeds. So I'm like, oh, man, you remember, man. Right. Yeah, so, I, so I, I was like, because at first I was just going to crack it open. I'm like, oh, yeah, man. Like, when you're eating these, like. Especially when you're in the field. Natural you need bars. To make sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. And I'm like, God, I'm glad he said that. So I flip it over so and look, cool. and I'm like. I think I'm good. I yep. think I'm good. So I just, and I went for that beat one right out of the gate. You know, I told you earlier you before did. the recording, man. Yep. It was just like right into the earth. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's a very earthy bar. That sucker you know? is like, man, that is, but I, it definitely, it had a, a instant, not, not that it made the way me, me feel, just the flavor was like, okay, this is a good, clean Yep. You know, which is it's interesting that you got that because that's the some of the feedback that I get mm -hmm. is the first bite or the first time they try it, people realize that it's minimally processed. They realize it's something that yeah. and they realize that it's not a Red Bull. You know, and they're nope. like, wow, mm -hmm. this is nope. actually something. No. It's real food. Yeah. Yeah. You it's know. not chocolate chip. It's not coconut. Yep. And cream it, and pie. It's like. Exactly. There's no birthday some cake. real shit yeah. in there. You know? <laughs> no sprinkles. You know, and, and like nope. someone said, someone said that ate it the other other day, they're like, you know what? Don't focus on the way it tastes, but focus on the way it makes you feel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. You know, and when you think about like the texture when you're eating something, it's like, how does this make me feel? And yeah. it's like, how is it made with, with care? Is it made yeah. with something you can mm -hmm. tell that people care about what you're eating? Yep. 
Or is it when you look at something, does it look like they just made a bunch of them to sell them to you? Yeah. yeah. You know, does it taste like that? Because a lot of the bars that I see on the market, they're the same texture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a different recipe, but it's the same texture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. It is that. And so it's like, okay, well, all right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell me about um, the name. Create uh, 38. Oh, yeah. Great yeah, so, question, yeah, it took, man. It took a while to get names. to a, a skier, professional skier, Mike Wilson, uh, he was staying with me in part of these processes of eight years uh, over over a project that we did, actually, the northern end of the Chugach, which is the shot on the bar. We okay. Speed, we speed flew uh, uh, Marcus Baker, the okay. tallest peak in, mm. in uh, the northern end of the Chugach. Um, Isn't that in the sound? Marcus Baker? No. Yeah, it, it goes into the sound. It goes into the sound. Yeah, I think, the glacier I think, comes off and goes into the I think the sound. Liska mentioned yeah. Marcus Baker. Uh, uh, I don't or, think it was Liska. I think it was... Um, uh, Shiny? No, photographer. Um, oh. He's uh, a Red Bull guy, too. Yes. Actually, you probably know him. Uh, my goodness, man. He's selling Chigash Powder Guides. Yeah, he's selling Chigash Powder oh, Guides. Owen, Owen. 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 Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. There it is. And so... But yeah, yeah, I'm sure. He, yeah, of course he's been in there. So yeah, that's one yeah. of the pictures up to us. Yeah, I yeah. see him. I see him at Steam Dot because Steam Dot's carrying our bars also. Um, oh, right on. But he has his artwork there right now. But uh, yeah, Marcus Baker goes into the sound on one side, and it goes into the Matanuska over on the the highway on the other. There we go. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, but it's, it's thirteen thousand and some change. But that's where that picture is from. Is the speed flying, speed riding project that we did there. It was yeah, fucking incredible. But create 38 so mike was in town we'd been brainstorming names for a long time and uh create kind of came up and um then after understanding the krebs cycle and atp production there's 38 moles of atp that are produced in the krebs cycle Mm. so it takes one molecule of glucose to produce 38 atp and that's what your body should optimally do Mm-hmm. But because of, you know, not having the correct nutrients in our foods, your Krebs cycle, most people's Krebs cycles is not running as efficiently to get the maximum amount yeah. per glucose that you're putting in. Yeah. So create 38 is you're creating the maximum amount of ATP production per Krebs cycle. Yeah. So create 38. Yeah. So it's kind of. And it rhymes. Yeah. And it's wow. just, it, so it just kind of is one of those things that. Yeah. Not, dude, not being. Nailed it. Not being too, I guess it's like all of my dogs. I've never had a dog and like given it a name right away. Mm-hmm. Almost all of my dogs have not had a name for three weeks or a month. It's just like little. Hey, little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, they've all been little until something else comes up. Oh, you know, like and um, an organic like yeah, it's thing just like, that happened or yeah, they it's like, did. I don't, or, it's be kind of hard to name something before you even know know it. Right. You know, so like a kid. Yeah. It's weird. Like, like what are you going to name it? Like, I don't know. We don't even know if it's going to Actually, there's be. people that do that. They'll wait till they see the kid, and then you know? they'll name the kid. Yeah. yeah. They wait until then. Yeah. yeah. That's how I do my dogs, and that's how, the, you know, the product came available. It was, I mean, the name for the brand. It was just, well, I don't know, and, and I didn't force it, and, but I wrote down a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh man. So, yeah. yeah, I dig it, man. And then, and then I added the infusion fuel later, which... You know, it for some people, I don't, you know, like I said, we're talking about the yoga versus the marathon runner. The marathon mm-hmm. runner got it right away. The other didn't. Some people like infusion fuel. 
I'm glad I don't listen to people because if I was in, in, easily influenced by people, mm-hmm. no telling what it would be called. But, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> because, because Jimmy Dean. <laughs> Jimmy Dean fuel. No, but because uh, the infusion fuel part, some people don't get it. And, uh, and like, it, it doesn't sound like a food product. It sounds like something you put in your car. It's yeah. like, well, yeah. if you looked at, yeah. if you looked at the food that you ate as fuel more often, you might be in better oh, yeah. condition. Oh, you might be in better That's shape. Right. Absolutely. That's right. You know, but a lot of people eat for flavor. Yeah. And not for the what it's designed for. Yeah, the nutritional. Yeah, value. yeah. When you go back Which, to the core values of like animal nature, mm-hmm. you know, animals eat for fuel. Yeah, exactly. They don't care about what anything tastes like. I mean, do they? Will like pick and prefer things that are good when the time's right? Sure, but they eat for fuel, exactly. And energy and calories and as a resource for survival right yeah. and and us as yeah. humans we're like ooh, go get a double cheeseburger that yeah. fucker tastes really yeah, good they're, they're like they're <laughs> you know, yeah, humans, like, we, we think like what do we want yeah. uh, what do, what we, do need? we need yeah. and you evolutionarily know? that was right you know yeah but we also didn't have a grocery store and a refrigerator mm-hmm. yeah, so it wasn't as easy yeah. to, to change our ways to do this yeah 100 yeah. yeah, i like it it's very like kind of getting back to basics and it's pretty amazing if you just put away like caring about flavor and what you actually craved and wanted mm-hmm. and you would just went on a full like what's the best what's the highest octane is it 85 grade or 89 grade or whatever exactly. that you want to put in there and what does your engine prefer like not mm-hmm. some people can burn off of uh multiple fuel sources some mm-hmm. people can't you know they yeah. have allergies or they have th- like sure. whatever mm-hmm. whatever That's it is a great point yep. you know and so people really have to identify like what works for me mm-hmm. and then but while still sticking within that but some people are garbage compactors they yeah. can just eat whatever crush yeah. whatever Man. my brother Which, it's not you know yeah yeah his brother yes <laughs> so where can people find this and other than create 38.com obviously you can order whatever yep. you want there where where in alaska can people stop by and pick up a bar or one of the bottles with the pills yep so initially there were a lot more locations that were carrying it and then i kind of backed off being that we had everything handmade until now so now i'm currently going back to the existing uh retailers that were carrying it so steam dot's going to be picking it back up uh there's two south side chevrons there's chevron on O'Malley that's carrying it right now currently. Mm. And then the one by the McDonald's, <laughs> kind of funny. McChevron. Yeah, over off yeah, of... Uh, that's my neighborhood, Chevron. Okay, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, Mark Sternquist is... And those guys are over there. Great people. Yep. Um, and he's then, the owner, right? Yep, he's the yeah. owner. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then uh, Natural Pantry, of course. Nice. Steam Dots, the Chevrons, um, for now. Okay, but you're about to hit the, hit the streets. I'm about to hit the streets. Uh, the once in a blue mooses. Okay, mm. they were carrying them mm-hmm. in the initial ones. Uh, actually, in the Great Northern Harvest, the cannabis company, mm. they're going to yeah. be carrying them. I believe. Yeah. I talked oh, to right on. I talked to the CEO the other day, and they're like, "Oh, we have munchie bowls for stuff." And I was like, "Ah, man, yeah. I have a healthy one. You know, what about this?" Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, it's really great to just get this product into stores that maybe. Yeah. To where people that don't normally eat healthy have a different option. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, we, can, we can market it a different way. Have it have it look like it's something that not so yeah. good for you, but then it is. Yeah, yeah. You know? I take a so. box. I got the uh, coffee shop there in the old federal building, right by Blue Moose and all that stuff. Oh, got awesome. tourists and people all the okay. time. Oh, there. dude, there yeah. you go. Sell that easy. Yeah, that. perfect. We'll pick a f- one of your favorite flavors. Make a decision on which one you think would sell best there, and yeah. we'll get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll put it in there. And awesome. we're selling Steam Dot too, so right out, the, right out the gate. Exactly. It's good when you work with similar individuals and things like, oh, you carry that product too, Steam Dot. Oh, and this, so people kind of yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. perfect. 
Perfect. Right on, right on. Any other questions, guys? Man, um, no, I just kind of was entrenched in the whole like fuel talk thing. And how <laughs> I need I need to adopt that a little bit more in my life. <laughs> Have you thought about the subscribe and save option where you can like sign up for a boxes sent direct to, directly uh, yeah. to you? A hundred percent. And and I'm just working through all the challenges that come with these things. So yeah. as mm-hmm. as a startup. Uh, like the website that I currently have right now, it's kind of like one of those strap-on websites yes. where as you need something, you add this. Mm-hmm. So and, oh, yeah. and you don't realize that you spend three hours trying to get it to do something and then realize, well, you need to upgrade. Yeah. You know? oh. <laughs> and it doesn't say it's not working because yeah. you haven't yeah. upgraded. Yeah. It just wastes three hours of your time and yeah. then yeah. lets you know once you Are sit you on the phone. Are you using Squarespace? Yeah. Squarespace? No. Zoho. Okay. Yeah. Zoho. Yeah. And so... So the auto ship mm-hmm. is another plugin. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So yeah. right now our, our our website, you know, create38.com, it just has the old style handmade bars right now. Mm-hmm. I'm currently working on, like I said, I just got into town, driving up from Vegas on Saturday. Yeah. So I'm currently working on revamping the website, getting the new product on there, giving it a few different options. We're not selling the bars separately, like individually. Mm-hmm. Um, we're selling them. In, in a the box. box, yeah, yeah, and so, but you know, so if people are subscribing, they'll definitely get a discount once we get plugged into that qu- equation because our bars are, you know, they retail for a lot more than your typical other brand. Right, that, right. That's right. a cooked product that there's being mass produced. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. being that this is a raw product with added honeybee products that are unadulterated and mm-hmm. well kept bees. Yeah, and other vitamins and minerals. You know, the retail and some retailers are are selling them for four twenty five to four ninety nine. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a higher end product. Right, right. You know, yeah. but um, but it's a higher food. I mean, yeah. Like yeah. when you look at what you're getting in it, if you were to buy these ingredients separately, mm-hmm. like so, like the propolis or the royal jelly or the probiotics, you're getting half a day's dose for all of that. Yeah. And then you're getting mm-hmm. a full dose of the vitamins and minerals. Mm-hmm. So if you were to buy all that separately, you're looking at $2 a day Yeah. Yep. without any food. Mm. Yeah. And then when you think about the food that you're getting into it, the ease of it to where you don't have to carry on bottles, capsules, any of these things. And you're also getting the synergetic, their synergetic effect of eating and chewing it. Mm-hmm. And getting yeah, that from it, part of it. Yeah. now all this it's like man like it's a cheap way and a tasty way yeah. to mm-hmm. get yeah. your tune up for the day premium yeah. nutrition damn good option you know yeah, mm-hmm. for sure and so we should connect you with kevin there at barney's probably yeah. 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 fit perfect yeah. right in there oh, totally man of those guys mm-hmm. what's yeah. the what's the shelf life on a bar so on these it's one year and it's oh wow and it's That's really and good it's a best buy it's not okay. a, so, so mm. because of, so Honey is, I mean, honey gives mm-hmm. a lot of uh, shelf life stability for the product. So does the propolis. Propolis is antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, uh, and antimicrobial. Mm-hmm. So if there's any type of activity that may happen just from all the stuff that we put into it, it's going to kill it and feed off of it somewhat. Mm-hmm. So it's really a best buy date because I don't know how long it's going to taste fresh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's yeah. like, it's like, we know after a year it will, but it'll, it, it will go further than that. We just don't know if it will actually taste as fresh. So I wanted mm. to be conservative for that date and just make sure that we kept the flavor profile and, and the freshness of it yeah. versus trying to stretch it out. Mm-hmm. And as we learn That's more, very respectable we'll time yeah. frame, you know, yeah, a year, if, if I mean, a year, 
I don't know. I some in this a friend of mine uh, in Valdez yesterday. Oh, there's a place in Valdez. Rogues Cafe is carrying him in Valdez. Oh, cool. Um, but a, a friend that I was just discussing with over there, she was saying that if she looks on the back of a product and she sees a very long expiration date, that she doesn't want to eat it. Mm. Yeah. She's like, wow, if it lasts that long, I don't want to eat it. Mm. Which yeah. I've never really thought of that, but mm. it was a good point. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I think a year is long enough to be able to put a product on a shelf and oh, sell yeah. it. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I was just thinking, I asked that because I think about like, um, I have like my, my little organized totes and storage areas that I have for my gear and equipment. And I have like a tote where I put my food. Mm-hmm. So everything such as my, you know, Heather's Choice or my Mountain Houses, my Peak Fuels, my, my arrangement of things that I have. Your uh, go-to nutrition my, my go-to nutrition, like, stuff, uh, which I will be adding Create 38 to. Um, but I will buy or overbuy some products, and then now it's August 2021. Now I'm running into now May and June 2022. I'm going to go on a backpacking trip. I'm like, ah, is this like still something I can throw in my pack? And yep. like, yeah. can I eat it? Yeah, of course I can eat it. But, but especially it depending on what it good? is. Like if it's a meat product versus something that goes rancid. It's like, yeah, yeah like a, like some jerky or something. It's like, yeah, it's yep. probably not good. But like, that's why I asked. I'm like, man, if I bought it in July and I'm going to go on a hike now in May the next year, yep. can I trust I can throw it in my pack and it's still going to be good? Yep, I would say and so. so. And I, 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 I Oftentimes I'm like, then I'll go to like two years and I'm like, looking at a bar, I'm like, yeah, the expiration date still says this. And I'm like, I don't know, man. And I well, chuck so, it, you know, and it's like, so I know in, in, the, in the handmade bars, I have bars that are five years old mm. that just that I kept because it's the original packaging. I was like, sure. kind of like, it's a novelty, yeah, yeah. 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 you know? And I've opened them up and I've eaten them. Sure. And they're just, they just taste stale. Yeah. Okay. There's nothing wrong with you know. There's nothing. Still has all the nutritional value, I'm sure. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. I mean, everything degrades somewhat, but yeah. Yeah. But it's mainly it just doesn't taste as fresh as the ones that come off the line. Yeah. You know. But yeah, no, of course. But there was nothing yeah. growing in them. There was nothing bad about them. Right. It was yeah. just a Best Buy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Which is you see a lot of companies going that way. Yep. Best Buy. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's good. Yeah. It's not like it's a perishable it milk product where you're like, all right, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah. done. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Why don't you close this out, Jackie? We don't have anything else. Yeah, I mean, I, I we're, so. we're ripping and roaring. I, I you mean, know, there's, there's one. I can say one last thing. Yeah, it's go just ahead. Like, sure. Is with the like the focus of the brand is like there's many different products that will be coming out besides bars. You know, just to keep you guys kind of on the hook a little bit. Um, I'm yeah. not going to say what they are, but you'll just have to stay tuned. There's a lot of really cool stuff. Tell us after the podcast. I'll tell you guys. Yeah. yeah. You know, because there's some really good stuff. It's key for athletes, people in the mountains, yeah. people that, I mean, the, the basis of this company is function. What do we need? Not what do we want? What do we need? Yeah. You know, what does yep. your body need when you're out there? Yeah. You know, not, oh, I really want yeah. uh, pizza, pizza. Yeah. Or, yeah. It's like, what do you need? You need, yeah, yeah. your muscles need this. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of cool stuff that, that, I have conceptualized and I have uh, have product made, but it's just not going to be released for a little bit until I know that I can make it in the amounts to to really satisfy what the market needs. Well, you got to yeah. keep some you stuff know? in the bag, you know. What well, I mean? you guys you get it. Like it Chad's had it. Out. I don't know if Chad's mm. t- maybe Chad's not told you about it. Mm. I don't know. Uh, Chad Chad was uh, he was with the Sornex guys. Yep, and mm-hmm. uh, and they got it. This was a couple of years ago. They oh, got cool. they got one of the products. Ooh. Nice, you know, and they okay. they were asking him like, "What's up with this?" You know, yeah, and uh, yeah, 
No, I mean, the, so. the extent of that was like, hey, I'm trying out Tristan's bars for 30 days. Yes. You know, did. get him yeah. on the podcast. And then, you know, he's been routinely eating them every single day. And he said his gut health is way better. He said his stomach yep. is feeling amazing. Yep. I have my own story with how I feel about, I've been, I mean, I got him into that 30 day, oh, I, I initially told him a 21 day challenge mm-hmm. because after when I was in Vegas, after eating the bars for 21 days, I mean, now it's been longer than that, but I've always had a really hard time going to sleep at night and waking up in the morning. Mm. It's like when I'm moving, I don't want to mm-hmm. stop doing what I'm yeah. doing. Oh, if I'm sleeping, I don't want to wake up. Yeah, yeah. If okay. I'm awake, I don't want to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, and uh, and so when I got the bars, I just started eating them. I was just so excited to have my own product, yeah. professionally yeah. made. That I was just eating the heck out of them. Sure, you know. And about ten days into it, I noticed. I just kind of. I don't even know if it happened a few days before that, but uh-huh. I noticed that I just started, even if I had some drinks, uh-huh. you know, or I like worked out really hard or we were skydiving or whatever we were doing. I wake up around like nine thirty, like no matter what. And usually I sleep later than that. And uh-huh. I wake up and I go back to sleep. I'm like, oh, I'm not ready to get up, but I was going to bed earlier too. Mm. And I just noticed that I'm going to bed more consistently at a certain time. And I wake up without an alarm. At a certain time. I mean, without an alarm. Hmm. I haven't used my alarm in since. Wow. I mean, I just, yeah. I just, I point. wake up. That's awesome. And so I was telling Chad about this. I was like, hey, do you have a, you know, I'm trying to find people that have similar challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, you know, just as a cross reference. Yeah. Unfortunately, Chad has nothing, no problem waking up in the morning, apparently. No. That's not me. You know, so. He was about a 9.30 a.m. waker up around the bear hunt. (laughs) (laughs) I would do if I I knew I was going to have to carry that thing. You know, but he said, but he said typically. coffee? He said, (laughs) (laughs) you must wake up earlier than him. I I mean, I I don't know that every day, but at least last weekend, that was the case. But that was that. (laughs) But so, so that's what I. I was feeding him those ciders, though, so. That has something to do with it. A little bit. But that, so that, that was my experience. So I asked him, hey, you know, well, I didn't even ask him to try it. I was just shared it with him. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, I'm going to try to find some people that have had that issue and see if it helps them. And he's like, well, I'll try it. And I was like, all right. So that's mm-hmm. how that's how he tried the yep. 21 day challenge, yeah. you know. Yeah. And and so he didn't. He hasn't said that he noticed anything with his sleep because he typically has that. But he he said that his gut health, his stomach, he said mm-hmm. feels a hundred times yeah. better. Right. I yeah. think what we'll do yeah. is we'll uh, we'll have a little video of Chad, and then when this episode comes out, maybe on this episode will come out not this coming Monday, but next, and we'll have him with his little yeah. deal. Yeah. Later on in the week. Mm-hmm. Little, little, uh, cool. It's too bad o- we didn't have him here, being that he was on your bear hunt. Yeah, if we yeah, had known I know, that, it would have been great to, yeah, to have had con- him on board. Yeah, I considered that, too, because, you know, we'll have the four mics in the studio. It's like, oh yeah, nope. I know we'd love to get another another set, because we oftentimes have, like, situations where we can have a fifth or sixth person Yep, who would actually really kind of set well, certain, me, certain conversations off, you know, exactly. depending on what we're, subjects we're on. But and anytime if you guys want to me it. to come back, I'll def- I'd love to come back and... Tristan, we'd it. love to have you back yeah, anytime. You're welcome day. to come anytime. We've got our, our couch over there. Like we, we invite all our guests and friends. I might need it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've got plenty just, of those. I mean, just if you want to just even come kick it and I hang like, out. I like this one better, by the way. This oh, is yeah. Yeah. Cider Mosa yeah. is yeah, really good. yep. That's my favorite. They're both they were both excellent. But that would be my go to. Yeah, there you go. It's, it's yeah, just a little, it's just a little fresher, especially when it's seventy two out here. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right, Tristan, tell us about your Instagram. Oh man! What uh, what's your Instagram? Uh, Instagram is just create thirty eight. Okay, create okay. thirty eight, and then create thirty eight dot com to come learn com. more. Yep. All right. Uh, well, stay wild, Alaska.
You remember my speaking to you of what I call your overcautiousness. Are you not overcautious when you assume that you cannot do what the enemy is constantly doing? The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. Arbor Digital, the forefront of digital assets, cryptocurrencies, and wealth management. Providing a low-cost, research-based investment strategy for Alaskans looking to invest their hard-earned money. Visit acminc.com today to put your money to work. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. TheTreeHouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. The Connoisseur Lounge, Alaska's premier locally owned and operated cannabis retailer, located in the heart of Palmer, Alaska. Their cultivated products include Snowcap Romance, Aurora Haze, Super Glue, and much more. Find them at theconnoisseurlounge.net. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation, with exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full spectrum diamond sauce carts, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children, and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They are the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Anchortown Dogs, located on 4th Avenue across from the old 4th Avenue Theater. Look for the blue and gold umbrella. From reindeer dogs to bomb euros, they've got you covered. Anchortown Dogs, your local gourmet hot dog and sausage cart. Crude Magazine, Alaska-based media outlet using the last frontier as a springboard to discover larger truths about the cultures of our great state. Read more at crudemag.com. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include snow and ice management, weekly lawn care, and more. Get your free estimate today at lawnproak.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off of Arctic and 58th, handcrafted Alaskan-made colonial ciders. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Stop by today and taste an award-winning cider. Lady with the Plan, your own Alaska event planner. From scouting the perfect location to planning the tiniest details, specializing in event management and production for intimate social gatherings. Find Lady with the Plan on Instagram. 
Should you not claim to be at least his equal in prowess and act upon the claim? I say try. If we never try, we shall never succeed. This proposition is a simple truth, and it's too important to be lost sight of for a moment. If we cannot beat the enemy where he now is, we never can. It is all easy if our troops march as well as the enemy, and it is unmanly to say they cannot do it.